What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Season Gaming Big Cast, episode 270. The one we are going to cover candy corn in all of its forms for two hours straight today. I think that's that's what we're going to do today, right? What a program. Face. <laughs> What's going on, everyone? It's another great week in gaming. I am your host, Ainsley Bowden, and all four of us are here. We're awake. Travis is alive. It's a, it's a good Sunday. It's a good Sunday. You know what's so, funny about Travis's face when you said candy corn is that that's yeah. that's the face he gave when he was on my show where my brain surgeon was talking about draining blood from the skull. <laughs> I so remember it's roughly that. the same look. In him both. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't take those conversations. Yeah, it makes me feel like I'm being opened up when people talk about stuff like that. Yeah, Gross. I get all like tingly, like. Squeamish. feels weird yeah but anyway what's going on everyone good to see you uh early this morning at least where we are chat travis how we doing this morning man you awake you alive things going well yeah just living that street life you know how i do what what's what's up fam how we doing we doing kids <laughs> street life you are very <laughs> no, i don't know what i'm doing man i just it's, you're playing video games what do you want from me <laughs> <laughs> mr rodriguez coming in rocking the faro shirt good morning yeah automated systems baby yeah um i apologize if i cough a little bit i either have bronchitis or like pulmonary hypertension according to google so you know let's just <laughs> you know that Hopefully. second one you'd want to have checked out yeah, you know, I'm, I got another doctor's appointment. I just went to urgent care on Friday. I was like, "You guys got to hurry up! I gotta, I gotta go." Uh, He's like, go "I got Spider-Man life. to play, man. Come on, I got shit to do. Let's go." Let's go. <laughs> but right now, I'm all right. So. All right, we'll we'll check in with you periodically throughout the yeah. show if yeah, we see if you feel over all over. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That's probably a good sign to you know call call somebody. That should be okay. So. Hogue. Rocking yes. the new background today, my friend. How we doing? I am. We we rotated the office around a little bit, so this is my new background. Hopefully, it's not too much change for everybody all at once. I know that can be a little bit distracting, uh, but uh, yeah, I've got my video game arcade machines over my shoulder there. I've got some <laughs> board games. I got a good reflection of how my house actually looks in this space, much to my wife's chagrin. So, yeah, happy with a little bit, a little bit different background here. I've got Gaming Dino still up there. Got of course. Michigan Wolverines doing all right behind me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, it's it's a it's a fun week. It's a big week, right? So we've got lots of good things to talk about this week, including, I'm sure, a long section on Diablo Four Season Two. Yes. Well, funny enough, we've got we do have a lot to talk about game wise, which is great. That's what we're here to talk about. Uh, news wise, there wasn't a whole lot. So we're going to talk an awful lot this week about games, which is uh, crazy on a gaming podcast. But we'll give it a shot. I think that's we'll do okay, our best. Yeah, yeah we'll try. <laughs> First, though, we got to talk about candy corn. I mean, we said we were going to do the episode. So, Travis, mm. get yourself a bag, my friend. I don't think I so. think it was Travis. I think it was Rob that found in San Francisco. Plenty of stores sell it. It's there. Go get it. I say, Travis Pumpkin. is convinced Brox doesn't exist in San Francisco. Yeah, right? yeah, I know. Somebody Pumpkin. was somebody was agreeing with me online. They were like, "Dude, I, I'm with you, Travis. I've never seen that brand." So it might just be one of those house. things. How no. how dare you, sir? I leave my house plenty. <laughs> I just don't leave the city. They don't have everything at Trader Joe's. You know, it's just Trader <laughs> Joe's. I was gonna say they don't they don't have a Family Dollar in San Francisco. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. 
No, they probably do not have a family dollar. So. It's like it's like a family. <laughs> it's dollar. a family twenty. Yeah, it's yeah. a family. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't think so. I think there's a family dollar in Daly City, but yeah, it's not not that's not a city store for sure. No. No. <laughs> oh man! Well, whoever wants candy corn, you know, it's out there. Enjoy it; it's delicious. You know, get yourself a bag, get your family a bag. I mean, you or, bought it like two days ago and you haven't even opened it yet. So I, I, I yeah. didn't want it falling all over the desk while I was yeah. displaying, you know? Yeah, you plus, it is loaded it. with nothing but sugar and corn syrup, and I'm not going to eat all that. <laughs> so, yeah, you're, you're really advertising how good it is, yeah. loaded with sugar and corn syrup. That's exactly. <laughs> I really don't like it. That's what I want. It's, it's sugar, corn syrup, uh, artificial flavors, and a whole bunch of chemical colors. It's America in a bag. Definitely, I mean, this is what you know, we do. In like I mean, three months, you're not going to be able to get America. that California. I don't know. If you just scoop like candy corn, they don't exist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's no way I'm eating that, by the way. Um, I'll have a couple bites, and then I'll be like, yeah, I'm good. I can't eat that. I'll die. Um, right, I'm sending footage of my Walgreens aisle. There's a Walgreens across the street from my house. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send They absolutely have that. Corn. If they don't, what will you, what will, what will we, what are we'll gentlemen gentlemen's bargain? Hmm? Well, I just what, won't believe you because yeah, I mean, how you video you footage, bro. Every- <laughs> 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 oh man. But anyway, um, we, uh, got a couple early super chats. In fact, someone raced man. Googleman this morning. They, they put Whoa. him in his place, which is a Whoa. bold move, but random name is that person. Ah, oh, random name. I just wanted to be Googleman with the dollar ninety nine super chat. Thank you very much. You did, <laughs> did it. it. You did it. Rushed him. You absolutely Googleman. did it. Step your damn no, game think, up. This is a really important uh, message. Is like you know, don't get cocky. If you want to continue to be number one, you have to wake up every day right. and earn it. For real. You know? Yeah, this you're getting complacent. Now, IGN leaves for Travis every morning. <laughs> that's right that's right every day they're like you're fired until proven otherwise and then they make me earn my job back by the end of the day it's good, it's good system. by reviewing poor games um yeah google man you, i mean you can't just assume that 10 minutes prior to show is going to be good enough anymore you know the, the race is on at this point so that's right random name thank you appreciate your support google like, man is uh, here of course, of course go ahead uh, tim or times uh suggestion if I oh. if I show that there's no candy corn in my Walgreens, does that mean Ains has to eat his entire candy corn bag on stream in a Dan Rodriguez manner? Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It would, I'm it, not it sure would I know how happen. Dan eats candy corn, but I'm not sure I want I that don't. particular knowledge. I mean, no. My my point was that he has to eat it on stream as Dan would. Oh, okay. Know, well, eat yeah, an entire that, bag of something. Yeah. So just yeah. to be clear, um, if you don't know me, I'm very picky about what I eat and, and ingredients and stuff. And this is 110 calories and 22 grams of sugar. And there are 19 servings in this bag. Yeah. It yeah. might kill you. If you'd eat that. Hey, yeah. It, it, my body would why, shut why down. Don't, if why, I don't tried to eat put, this bag. why don't you put your, uh, your diabetes where your mouth is on this one. <laughs> if you don't believe me. That's right, <laughs> <laughs> it's not happening. Um, uh, Googleman is here. Of course. Googleman with the five dollar, uh, five euros. I'm sorry. Finally got around to playing <clears throat> Dark Tide, fantastic gameplay loop, but the nice. amount of energy required to not run around in prison garb is ridiculous. <laughs> I know nothing about that. <laughs> I installed Dark Tide like a couple weeks ago because I've been wanting to play it and I haven't touched it. There's just way too many, you know. 40k ones? Yes. Yep. 
Gotcha. Supposed to come out last year, launched on PC only, had a bunch of like tuning issues and stuff. So they spent time fixing it up. It released on Xbox and Game Pass like two weeks ago, three weeks mm-hmm. ago. So, yep, mm-hmm. it's out there if you want to play it. But supposedly pretty good now. I just haven't had time. Google man, thank you. Uh, we will see you earlier next week. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Rain Man YYC with gifting uh, five memberships over on the Hogue Law channel. Thank you very much. Thank you, Rain Man. Appreciate you. Luke is in the house from Xbox Expansion Pass. Team Candy Corn. I should tell you. Yeah, right that's there. that's literally all you need to know. Yeah, that right there. Damning. You got Luke here. Right the fact Damn that it. Luke is on your side, you I know mean, it. You can't even argue yeah. that now. Now you've yeah. lost. The, you don't even put up a poll. It's worthless. Yeah, worthless. That's it. We already won the poll. That was that was a done that's deal. True. We won that a couple it, weeks. You did ago. win the poll, which was surprising. Yeah. In that. It just it was, pro- yeah, it proves it the it proves the median age of our viewer on the show is <laughs> upsetting. <laughs> uh, Luke, thank you, and shout out to Xbox Expansion Pass. They celebrated their 200th episode here uh, yesterday, nice. actually. So uh, nice. go check that out if you haven't. Luke and Logan doing great stuff as always over there. Thank you, brother. Job, Luke. And Shush in the house. Shush with five euros. A uh, good thing that SG is not monetized. <laughs> I would hate to spend my super chat money towards lobbying for Brock's and candy corn we do need a better brox and candy corn lobby i'm uh i'm gonna oh, say hero he box the show. so maybe hero box box. The brand. yeah <laughs> i mean classical music aside corn. yeah it's be- it's because when you eat candy corn you hear classical music playing it, it's that type nice. of experience i'm really glad we got some classical music knowledge in this, this, this <laughs> cast that's important to me personally as, my da- you know yeah. my dad was a classical pianist right <laughs> Like seriously, like yeah. I did not know that about your dad. Yeah. I don't know how I would know that, but it's good to know. <laughs> <laughs> I love you're like you know my dad was a capital P. I'm like, well, oh, I thought we would have talked about that yeah. at some point. Yeah. I, like, I, just, I, Ains, I, yeah. I wasn't expecting. Uh, do you know who my father is on this bit? No, show? no. <laughs> do you know who my father is? Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> classical pianist uh, is not the hey, speeding ticket that's get a out good of jail question. card you think I, it is I, I think no men, no no no. but i could anyway go ahead men for men it matters who, who what your dad did what what is what did all of your fathers do that's a that's something i don't know uh, mine was a classical pianist in case you nice. heard. good times <laughs> yeah i mean that's like very surprising given who you are you know what i mean like I, that would that would be the answer you'd hope from like me or like my father was a classical pianist <laughs> but yeah it's, it's very different there you go. No, I, yeah i grew up i grew yeah. up playing like multiple hours per day yeah that's uh very surprising that's yeah. crazy. uh lawyer yeah. Yeah, you know what, Hope? We knew you that. I mean, not all of yeah. us are so folksy that our we do what our daddy did. Okay, that's just <laughs> so Midwest. I just hey, it. don't uh, bring the Midwest into this. Isn't it Midwest though to do what yes, your father but did I in just family said, tradition? Bring the Midwest. Was there pr- was there pressure to be a lawyer, Hope? Was he? Was no. He- not at, no all. at all. I think yeah. most lawyers uh, would tell their kids think real hard about that, and I think my dad did that. Nice. Okay. Rodriguez, what'd your dad do? He was a plant manager for a company that manufactured train wheels oh. and axles. Oh, that's yeah, even more to, Midwest. He, he used to tell me, like, he, he'd, I'd be like, are those, you know, the wheels that your company makes, Dad? We see a train go by. He said, yeah. I'm like, how can you tell? He's like, they're round. So that was always his running joke. <laughs> 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 like, all right. Yeah. The round we made him. 
that's awesome. All right. Cool. Like I said, train making train wheels and train parts is Midwest. <laughs> it's America, no, it, man. Yeah, it's like, it's like ultra blue collar. I mean, that's not. I wouldn't know anybody who'd be like, oh yeah, my dad makes train wheels. I don't think that's a. That wouldn't be my client base. I have a lot of manufacturing and and making of vehicle parts and whatnot in Michigan, as you might. Oh, yeah. 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 So there you go. Yeah, that's that's like an answer I would expect from your guys as part of of the country, but not Wait, from like I don't know anybody who I have one friend who has a blue collar job. He works in plastics, and that's like a topic of conversation at parties. It's like, oh shit, you actually like make something make that's crazy. Yeah, that, that's crazy. <laughs> like, oh, that's kind of cool. What a fun little little treat. So, um, <laughs> Shush, uh, thank my, you. Oh, go ahead, my, Travis. Sorry. My father uh, is a is a carpenter. He's a, okay. a, a contractor. So I did Jesus growing up. Yeah. My father, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's him. Perfect. Washboard abs. Perfect. You know how he do. Just chilling. Um, oh, <laughs> All which, right. Um, thank you. I don't know how we got onto that, but uh, by classical piece, it's, hey, it's I guess. cool. It's a cool. Yeah. I love, I love the, by the way, I love the, uh, the opposites. Like Ames had a, like, ultra kind of a pretentious profession in his father and then yeah. came out the way you did. And then my dad was like salt of the earth man's man. And then he got this, this flimsy ass son. <laughs> uh, I just love the, uh, I love the kind of inverse there. That's really cool. <laughs> oh man. Um, butterball in the house again. All right. Uh, cheese, not butter. That's, All that's right. in reference to us deciding what, that's what I said picture. yesterday. Last or week, no, yeah, I thought, yeah. I said, no, last what week it was. I thought it was Kerrygold, didn't I? Yeah, you did. Like Kerrygold. <laughs> what but happened? Yeah. And I yield yeah, to your cheese. Oh, yeah, Travis wasn't here. Basically, Butterball gave a super chat. Dan thought that was butter in the picture, and I said it looks like cheese, and uh, it does that became look a like discussion cheese. point. But I mean, if, I think I would were going based on butter. Be butter. Yeah, but I mean, I can see be. both. They're both dairy, <laughs> isn't it? The same thing. Yeah. Are butter and cheese the same thing? You tell me. Put them both on bread. You know, it doesn't matter. Butterball, thank you. Alex in the house. Alex with a five dollar super chat. Shout out to Travis and Hogue. Uh, being on my podcast, love hearing Hogue's love for Final Fantasy VI and Travis's Pleasure. love for Peaky Blinders. What is Travis? Yeah, I he Alex brought that up by the way. If you don't know Alex, by the way, he's one of our contributors at Season Gaming. Uh, great dude, and uh, he mentioned that Travis has a problem with Peaky Blinders, and that was just like another notch on the belt of Travis just having terrible opinions. I don't What's know, wrong man. with Peaky Blinders? I tried, and I I feel like that show should have interest to me because it's got great actors and good writing. But like, it's just did you make boring, it to Tom dude. Hardy? Just that was yeah, probably, yeah, yeah, yeah. I made it problem, deep problem. in. I made I made it like four or five seasons, and like the entire time, I was like, "Why am I watching this show?" It's like it's like one of those shows where like nothing happens for like six, seven episodes, and they pack all back the Travis on this. It just it just really is drawn out in the worst kind of way, and it's you know it'll be like seven episodes, uh, and I'll be like, "What am I actually watching?" It'll be like I'm watching dudes walking in slow motion down streets and through factories. While music yeah. that's inappropriate for the era plays, and that that's is literally a trailer. Compelling. That's not. Every that's the entire show, trailer. dude. It's just. It's it kind of is the show. Slow mo no, with like some it's... crazy music playing, and I'm just like, I, I, I just, I want, I want to like that show, but it just, it's boring. It's boring, gotcha. unfortunately. 
Ah, oh, the lack of culture showing through again. Hey, Hoag's with me on this. I don't know hey, I'm that. gonna back Travis. Yeah, but Hoag's radicalized. I mean, again, think about who you're partnering with, opinion wise. Here, look, it's fair. I mean, I, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm a big tent uh, party here on this. I'm trying to accept all my imperfect allies, but uh, you know. <laughs> but Hoag loves Final Fantasy VI, so that's. I mean, I you know, that, that always saves him in game. the end. That's a good game. Always saves. Yeah, and 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 Alex and I had fun talking about Final Fantasy in general as a as a series so yeah go check out his podcast because we had a lot of fun yeah definitely check out alex on um on twitter as well and he does he's done a lot of reviews for us this year so uh shout out alex he thanks some man. roasts for uh for hoag for he did on that show travis but, uh, left I, him with jokes all of which were related to my apparel yeah <laughs> i i don't i don't feel like they were delivered in the manner I, it didn't they weren't mean enough. I felt like I would have, I would have made sure that you knew that I was, I was trying to hurt you, you know, a little bit more. <laughs> if I, if I, if I delivered them, I feel like delivery is, you know, half the joke. So delivery is key, no doubt. It was just too nice, no. and I, I was like, that's my feedback. Is you need to really. I told you, you back in bite. February, one of the very first things I watched in media from my hospital bed was you making jokes about my condition and i loved it so all right with sorry me. about that by the way uh, still, uh... <clears throat> it's quite funny um and of course before we just uh get into the gaming conversation we got a shout out against the tide with a new ai themed uh pictures this week with spider-man and this one is definitely special i did not see these yet so ah. the funniest thing, Hogue looks like he's at like a Comic Con, just standing yes. in front of like yeah. some type of contraption to cosplay. Hogue, like Hogue, I like believe it. Like that's a great casting choice right there. <laughs> you can tell he's been working out a little bit. Like the AI did some work here. You know, he put in his time. He's trying to get fit for the part, and I, I totally buy it. I mean, good work. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Travis being, you know, is that supposed to be kind of like Green Goblin, Goblin or? Yeah, that's got yeah. No, I would, I would crush that role. I think I was made to be Green Gobbo for sure. <laughs> no, I could, I could for sure play that role. I think that's also great casting. And Ains, honestly, I could see you as Sandman as well. Sandman, really, yeah. Although I don't really, know why I have really sand in my eyes as yeah, the I don't, I don't know why you, taken, you, you look like you got <laughs> hit with sand and you're currently recovering from it. But uh, the, really, the only terrible casting choice here is old man. Spider-Man, like that is absurd. <laughs> I don't eventually. Is Spider-Man doing like, his taxes? He's just yeah, sitting like, there. Yeah, what like, am I yeah. doing? Like my monthly bills? Yeah. What is this? This is like uh, you know, Spider-Man <laughs> fights the fentanyl crisis. I'm very, very <laughs> concerned for this. It's Yeah, I've that casting choice. I was like, they really had it going until until they decided to to cast Spider-Man as. Uh, um, who's the uh, you know the guy who plays uh, Ermin Trout in Breaking Bad? They just put him as Spider Man. Like, I don't know. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have done that. It's too funny. Elu <laughs> said Ains looks like he wants to hand me a pamphlet in the airport. <laughs> yeah, you look like they're still putting the makeup on you. They're like, stay still. Yes. We're almost yeah, done. Exactly. We're putting the final details on the sand. So. <laughs> um, thank you as always, Todd. Appreciate you. I I also need to share that she <clears throat> or they excuse me sent me the um some of the outtakes obviously from the ai and this one just stood out to me i i want to make a bobblehead of this travis That's oh my hilarious. god are they all me <laughs> yes. why did i get four travises That's <laughs> i don't know but you need green hair like now yeah against the time you have to do some work to come up with those 
photos. Yeah, he really does. And has, wow. and has cuts. That's crazy. Yeah. Also, I that love is. that I'm jacked in some of these. That's cool. <laughs> you look like a Burger King toy. No Burger doubt. King. No doubt. I mean, look, remove the photo. She. Sorry, Tide. Remove the photo. Yes. I still no. look like a Burger King toy. <laughs> to be clear, not a McDonald's toy. Specifically yeah. a Burger King toy. Burger King toy, yeah, because they're lower quality, right? Yeah. You know what the greatest <laughs> Burger King toy was? For $12. Uh, Lord of the Rings. Close. For $12, you could get three video games. At video Burger games. King. Sneak yeah. King. Yeah. Sneak King, um, Goaded, Big Bumpin', actually a good game. <laughs> good games guys uh you guys, no did any of you guys play that you guys must have played those games i played one of them i don't remember which one really um, i played sneak king yeah sneak king was was uh very funny but not a good, very good game frustrating big yeah. bumping legit good game some people play that like unironically <laughs> well probably a little ironically but they like actually play that <laughs> you game. said it's called big bumping yeah, it's a bumper cars like knock people out of the ring type of like mini game that you might see in like a party game format. And then the final one was pocket bike racing, which was a right. cart racing where you played as Burger King characters and menu items, which was insane. Uh, and that one was also <laughs> less good. Like Sneak King was a hilarious idea. Big Bumpin' was somehow actually pretty fun at parties. Like you pull the thing out, people will be screaming about like trying to bump people out. And Can then pocket bike racing. For Travis? Thank you. <laughs> what? Um, what are we them? I'm asking for the clip of when you pull that thing out, people go screaming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Um, yeah, there no clip. Uh, one of the recent documentaries on the Burger King game. So uh, check that out if you have. I like tried it. to get every achievement in all three of those games, and I think I, I just I came into some like weird that you have to get people online to play it, and I couldn't do it, but. uh yeah, there was a time I, I wish like, I had them. They're worth a little money now. Like people. Oh, I got all three of them. I didn't even know they yeah. were worth money. Yeah. And see, for yeah, people who you... don't know or weren't around at the time, like before Fellowship of the Ring and the Lord of the Rings was Oscar bait and all those kinds of things, they had a marketing deal with Burger King, and they had little, like, almost Pez dispenser versions of the Lord of the Rings characters, and they had light up goblets that said things like Strider and whatnot. And so you could go and buy these. And then that marketing deal ended pretty quick after New Line, I think, realized that they were they were in a different they were in a different ballpark than they thought they were with that movie. Uh, that's interesting. Damn. I bet those are collectible, too. Um, <clears throat> all right. We oh, man, we got a couple more super chats while we're talking. Let's go ahead and knock these out before Whoa. we get into the uh, Sard question. Ah, Rayman with the five dollar Canadian Hogue, and I probably have some of the same clients. I used to travel all over Michigan and Ohio, repairing robotic systems for factories. Oh, cool! Wow, very cool. We probably do. Probably yeah. do. That's awesome, Rayman. The same clients. They would have two lawyers. Uh no, what? I I I don't repair robotic systems, <laughs> so <laughs> companies need many vendors to do the things they need. So I was not. I was not reading this as Rain Man is a lawyer. Okay. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense now that I'm actually reading it. it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say I don't know how you got that, but yes, yeah. I wasn't. Rain Man, thank you very much. <laughs> Random name with another super chat. Ah, with the 499 super chat, I got Spidey two. I have not started it. I ended up uh, getting addicted to Midnight Suns again. <laughs> totally understandable. Game. Hoping for an expansion. Uh, six bedrooms still free in the Abbey. 
Also, I love the way you spelled Midnight Suns, implying that this the, there were <laughs> the boy sons. children, boy children born at midnight. That's a good <laughs> midnight. <laughs> My kids are born Dave. at midnight. I actually have this is a crazy thing. I have twin boys. One was born on the thirteenth. One was born on the fourteenth of November. Crazy, right? Different birthdays. Nice. Yeah, a couple minutes yeah, it's, apart. It's awesome because now they went separate birthday parties all the time. Growing up, it was just, <laughs> that's all it was. It was bullshit. It's awesome. No, it's not. It costs too much <laughs> it money. Them, it gives them some identity. It's nice. Yeah. There yeah. you go. Yeah. 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 You know, whatever. Identity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, random name, thank you. And uh, shout out to Midnight Drew for gifting a season gaming membership. Thank nice. you, as always, Drew. Appreciate you. Okay. Uh, so a couple weeks ago, uh, Sard, if I can get this off the screen. Sard asked us a question um, that we said we would come back to later in that episode. I thought it was a really good question. And we forgot because we got tied up in another conversation. So I wanted to revisit it because I do have an answer to it now. I don't know if you guys had a chance to think about it, but Sardinisms asked us, um, with all the games released this year, what game would be in your game of the year running if it had one change to it? So a game you, you thought has been amazing or great or wonderful, what have you, but it needed to change one thing for you to really, really love it and put it at the top of the list. So um, I have an answer. I can go if you want me to get us started or uh, if anyone else is ready like, to jump. Like our yeah. personal game of the year or like our list? Personal. Personal. Okay. okay. There's no other game of the year. <laughs> no, you know, not you know what I mean. Like we made the list. Dumb, dumb, baby. I do know what you mean, Dan. Don't let Travis get <laughs> yeah, you. I know. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> We're all personal. Come on. Now. All right. I'm going. So go mine <clears throat> is Starfield. And the change that I think would have made that game a lot better for me is if instead of, uh, and, and I'm not alone in this, I don't think, but a 1,000 planets, 1,400 planets, whatever it has, if it had three to five to one solar system worth of planets that were fully fleshed out independently. So if there were a handful of planets that were like Skyrim-like worlds that you could walk across fully, like a full open world game, but a handful of them um, that were featured quest lines and characters and all kinds of things to discover and find um i think that that would have been a better game for me personally and i think that 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 would have elevated it to a level that i would have been playing still for a very long time whereas now for me again i think the experience feels a little disjointed at times and i don't get that same explorative feeling playing it that i do uh with some of uh bethesda's other games that is a very good answer and also makes me uh, reconsider what counts as one change. <laughs> That's a big change. Yeah. That's, <laughs> That's a big, a big ass change. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'll yeah, go yeah, next. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm almost tempted to say Baldur's Gate 3 not being, not change it to not be D&D, but I think even with <laughs> D&D, it's probably still my game of the year. So I'll go a different direction with it. Um, Hogwarts Legacy if it had a uh, significantly more enemy variety, that's like the one thing that really holds that back. That game is like yeah. you fight spiders for like a lot of the game. And I feel yeah. like if they, they would have fleshed out more enemy types. Uh, I think that game would have been uh, probably significantly more, uh, have more staying power. It's crazy that that game came out this year. You know. know what I mean? Like it feels like 50 amazing games ago that Hogwarts legacy came out, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, if it would have came out maybe like in September or October, maybe it 
I don't know. I mean, maybe more people are talking about it. It's but now still it's the best forgotten. selling game this year by a lot awesome. until yeah. next also, week. It's also the highest, uh, highest viewed re- uh, review uh, of, of the year at IGN by a lot, yeah. by like a significant amount. And I think that won't change at all. Because uh, I love that game. Yeah, yeah, it's got like yeah. it's got an audience that's bigger than people who care about games. Like even people who aren't gamers, like of course, cared yeah. about Hogwarts Legacy. It's kind of interesting. Hmm. Yeah, okay, mine's super simple and kind of dumb. But if uh, Tears of the Kingdom were on Xbox or PlayStation, I probably would have played it way, way more, and it probably would have enjoyed it way, way more. I just can't be bothered to go dig out my Switch. It's mostly laziness. Um, I'm not saying it's a bad game. I played like two hours on my Switch, and I was like, I, I can't do this anymore. I can't do it. I, I, I'll wait for the Switch 2 or whatever the hell they're going to do. But, you know, I think it would have been, you know, elevated. As of right now, it's probably not up there. There's too many games. But that's just me. So, And that's a big game, too. That's not one you can, like, knock out in a weekend. So No. It's funny. It's I was going to say Tears as well. I wouldn't take it away from Nintendo like Dan, but I would remove the physics-based dungeons. I, I don't nope. think I don't think that they are interesting enough, and I don't think the physics is tight enough. I don't think physics in games has ever been tight enough. It's not a Tears of the Kingdom unique thing. But when I have to sit there and play pinball for 40 minutes because it's just kind of random what's going to happen when I use your physics engine, I don't have as much fun as I could. I see what you're yeah. saying. I love I kind, of, I kind of like the the physics is a little unpredictable because it means you have to trial and error and tweak and it kind of feels like you're a mad scientist a little bit but yeah I, I get that criticism I've seen other people say that too yeah I'm, I'm alone that same camp I I'm not really a puzzle game lover that's probably one of the few genres I don't Whoa. really love um and it feels like when I have a big open adventure game like that that I want to get lost in I get a little annoyed when I'm forced to do you know, that kind of stuff. It's like, I got to fiddle around with this for 10 minutes to get across the lake. It's like, eh, I don't really care. Mm. It just, it bores me. <laughs> but that's just I love me. that. Yeah. yeah. I love puzzle games. You never, do you play like The Witness or? Yeah. Remember uh, we talked about The Witness. I hated The Witness. I oh yeah. You it. hated it. I finished did you, it. Did you? I, I got almost did every achievement, but I, I didn't like it. I don't even know why I finished it, to be honest with you. I might've been reviewing um, it. I don't remember. God, I did really like that? Witness. Is Talos 2 still this year? Yes, Talos 2 is yes. this year. I was actually supposed to maybe review that one. So, Ta- Do you like Talos Principle, Haynes? I have not played it. Oh, goaded yeah. game. Great game. Yeah, I've heard good things, and I, I saw that 2 was coming. Yeah, it's 2 is like really, really soon, isn't it? Or is it out? It is. Like- no, it's it's uh, it's soon. I think it's November. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> All right. Sorry, thank you for the question. Sorry that we kind of forgot about it. Um, <laughs> but uh, let's go ahead and move on. So uh, two big releases this week, guys. Um, I guess we'll just go ahead and jump into those. And we've got, obviously got a bunch to talk about with new seasons and other games we're playing as well. So what, where, where do you guys want to start here? Should we start with... Uh, why don't we go ahead and start with Hogue, apparently just hating PlayStation. Oh, my yeah. God. Um, I, you know, I need an intervention. Defend yourself. <laughs> Yeah, we've you know we've talked about it on the show. We, we're an open show. We like all platforms here, and we've had internal conversations about kicking Hogue off for his hate of PlayStation. Um, yeah. It's really it's mostly his love of Xbox. They don't know you're being yeah. facetious. <laughs> um, so if you, if you kind of missed this, Hogue had a slightly critical viewpoint of 
Spider-Man 2, and uh, apparently all hell broke loose, and now he hates PlayStation, even though I think he plays on PlayStation more than anything else. Um, As it turns out, a guy that loves JRPGs and Final Fantasy mostly plays on PlayStation. <laughs> so I am. I think I'm the only one. I don't know about you, Travis. I'm, I think I'm the only one on the panel not playing Spider-Man 2, so I'm going to go quiet here. Correct. Okay, so... Hogue, go ahead and, I mean, defend yourself, whatever, make up some bullshit, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> All right, so I want to set the stage here, first and foremost, because I really love Spider-Man 2018. It was, it, when, when it came out that year, I had rated it the third favorite game for me that year. As it turns out... What was above it? Two played. Xbox games? I'd have to look, I'd have to look at what was above it. Yeah. Um, I don't remember what 2018 actually had in it that well. So God of War? I know it was number three. God of, God of War. War. You love that no, game. God of War was number uh, eight. Red Dead 2, I know you're not a huge fan of. Red Dead 2 was 10. Mm-hmm. It's a bunch. Crazy. I can't <laughs> Did remember. Did you say 10? Like yeah, 10? No, he, he didn't like Red Dead 2. You know this. No, wait a minute. It, oh, Red well, Dead but 2 is 10, but it's not on a list. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, yeah. carry on, sir. I want to say it's probably Assassin's Creed Odyssey that year. That could have been. I don't remember which years they released. Yeah. I think that's right. Oh, Alex yeah. has them. Star Control 2 Origins. Well, no, it was Star Control Origins and Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Uh, okay. yeah, Thank you. you. Anyway, carry um, on. But I really return to Spider-Man a lot. I've played 2018 and the remaster a number of times. I really love Miles Morales. And so I was pumped about Spider-Man 2. And when I played Spider-Man 2 on Friday, it didn't grab me. And I was surprised by that. And we can talk about why in a minute. But I found myself playing Spider-Man 2 essentially out of obligation, which I always hate to do when I'm playing video games. And so it wound up being a slower play than I thought it would be this weekend. So I'm about eight or ten hours in. And I don't love Spider-Man 2. I wish I did. All right. That's what I got as commentary, Ains. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I, I muted because I was responding to a comment in chat, figuring you were going to talk for longer than that, and you, you caught me off guard. Um, yeah, I, you, you sorry, Hulk, I can depend on you for 40 minutes. No, our, <laughs> like I said in our, in our DMs, I mean, you're not going to get a lot of pushback from our chat. I don't think there's a ton of, like, big fanboys in there, so you don't have to worry about them in here. Just Twitter. No, you don't have to worry about it crazy. here. No. Um, so Dan, no. so Dan, we'll jump to you and, and who can kind of comment with his thoughts too, because Dan, if you're not aware and haven't watched this show ever, uh, Dan is a diehard Spider-Man fan, adores the character and the history and the games and everything to go along with it. So I know this was your most anticipated game of the year, I believe, Dan. Yeah, yeah, for sure it was. Um the <laughs> so at issue here. And what Hogue was talking about was that um, I think IGN had an article that basically talked up how Sony or how Spider-Man's two story went. And then, you know, it, it's kind of, I mean, it, it's, 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 it's kind of the way Sony first party games are going um, where, where they, they have a lot of, you know, fluff to be, you know, they, they have a lot of cutscenes. It's a lot of cinematics. It's a lot of that stuff. And, and we talked about there's a cutscene, not even really a cutscene. It's a 
it's a scene where you're picking up trash. You have to clean up your house, you know, in Spider-Man 2. Not, you know, I don't think that's a big spoiler. But, um, and yeah, there's a lot of that going on. You're grounded. Oh, it's a right. spoiler. It's just not going to spoil anything for you knowing about it. No. <laughs> yeah, you have to pick up. You have to pick up some. Uh, what is it like a Chinese container or something of Chinese food and stuff? So I mean, it's it's you know there, there's 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 stuff like that. I I, I and we kind of talked about it in our DMs, and I kind of understand. I get it because that kind of stuff it really kind of screws the pacing up with some of these bigger games. And for me, it's less of an issue, but I I can't. You know, I'm also the wrong person to give a kind of objective opinion on Spider-Man because I love it so much. I think you just enjoy, like, regardless, you're in that universe. Right. Content is for me, yeah, and and for me, it's it's a lot more than just that. There's so much more to that game that they've improved on it. Um, I know what people are talking about bugs a lot. I haven't seen any. Or not? Yeah, no, that's that's console war stuff. Yeah, there aren't a lot of bugs in Spider-Man. I haven't seen anything. I mean, I mean, I've seen. I take that back. There, were, there was a couple times where I think I did like a photo, like I took a photo and it didn't register, so I just restarted the checkpoint and then took the, that. That was the biggest bug I've had so far, and it's happened twice. I've had one mission where like a, an enemy gets stuck in a wall and then you can't finish the combat encounter, but I consider that all kind of normal course stuff. Right. Um, yeah. For a game that just released. Yeah, I mean, I, I really don't think it's an issue. But no. where I really have a problem is, and we've talked about this in this space before, yeah. is storytelling, right? And folks wrongly think on Twitter or social media or elsewise that I don't like narrative, which is a strange accusation for me. Yeah. <laughs> I love storytelling. I love narrative. I love what mm-hmm. games can do with storytelling and narrative. But if you're going to be a narrative first game or a narrative first company, you're going to get critiqued on exactly what you're doing with that storytelling. And so Spider-Man 2 starts out as you'd expect with a kind of tutorial mission where you are taught the buttons again and whatnot, but it's again, not a spoiler because it's not pertinent to the storyline, uh, but it's a giant fight against Sandman. And there's a number of things that are happening in it that just aren't very interesting. You're, you're, you're swinging around him in a circle. You fight little Sandman from time to time, and you have no reason to care about this person other than the fact that he's a Spider-Man character. And one of the issues I have with the game design is that they got rid of a few things that I really liked from Spider-Man 2018 that I had no reason to believe would be gone. And one of those things is like the biographies of the characters, which ordinarily wouldn't matter that much, especially for an IP like Spider-Man. But we're in a world in which Spider-Man exists in the MCU, exists in the Spider-Verse, exists in the cartoons and the comics, and exists in this universe in some way from five years ago. And so you have all these relationships and reactions to character names you recognize from other things, but you have to constantly remind yourself of who knows what and when. And Spider-Man 2018 actually started after Spider-Man had been a hero for a while and so kind of incorporates this notion that he's fought people before, but you don't exactly know who he's fought and you don't know what you're forgetting from playing the games years ago. And it's a really kind of convoluted thing all because they don't have a bio screen anymore and they also lose some of the universe stuff that I really liked, which they had a fake Twitter in Spider-Man 2018. And <laughs> Is it, it called X? Just, no. Uh, no, I don't think they called it anything. What, what, yeah, what was Twitter called, called in Spider-Man, Danny? I can't remember. remember. I, no, because I never ever looked at it at one time. I, I saw it pop up every once in a while. I was like, yeah, I don't need to read some 
computer. Yeah, generated. so I love that it, it added to the universe and Spider-Man had his own Twitter account. And and I would go through and I would keep up with that because it would advance what you were doing in the world through that Twitter account. And that's just gone. And so all of that kind of plays on top of this notion of constantly feeling like you don't quite know what's going on and you can't remember what you've forgotten. Perhaps aided by the fact that if you're a player who recently had a brain hemorrhage, you're already a little bit worried about forgetting things that might be important to what you're doing. But hey, that's a unique experience. I'm not applying that to everyone. <laughs> Interesting. So, so you're so you're saying that like, is it just the stuff from 2018 that you that you're struggling to connect in this game with? Or no, that's just one of the things, right? I think that the Sandman fight is badly done. Like, for instance, in 2018. I really enjoyed going after Kingpin and I've done that mission a number of times. And I think it yeah. layered in what, what the game is trying to do much better than the Sandman fight and Sandman. I just didn't, I didn't like, I didn't like what they did with it. I didn't think it was interesting and it's very, very Brown to start out the game. And the real advantage to that, what they're doing in, in Manhattan with the Sandman fight is like everything gets Sandy and ruined, but it's the very first thing you do in the game. So you don't even get that kind of transformative effect that you would get with it not sitting there. And again, it's a, it's a mission where essentially Peter Parker says, oh, it's Marco and all these things that you can kind of think of as relating to him. And he knows something about it, but you realize after the fight that he really doesn't know much about anything that's going on with him. And that's a mystery to be solved. So there's all these things that are essentially what I call the, the Sony PlayStation spectacle problem. And I apply this to final fantasy 16 as well, which is, not by them, but is also very related to them. And Sony contributed resources to making Final Fantasy 16. And that's that you get all this credit for things like fighting an icon like Titan in Final Fantasy 16 or fighting somebody giant in God of War. And mostly those things result in mechanical disinterest, right? This, the Sandman fight is not fun to play. It's, it's fun to kind of see how big it can be to some extent, but it's not particularly interesting to play. And I thought the 2018 Kingpin, Kingpin fight and the Miles Morales Rhino fight were much better introductions to those universes. So that's the start of the game. And then as the game continues from there, you realize that unlike those earlier Spider-Man games and really unlike anything Insomniac has ever done, in my opinion, you're kind of getting the bleed over effect of fart smelling, essentially, from the Sony studios where you've got these long missions where you're not doing anything related to the core elements of the game because they're so deeply interested in telling you a character story, which I would ordinarily like, but they're not actually saying much of anything of interest. There's no com propulsive compelling event to start your dramatic momentum. And you get exposition scenes where you're cleaning up the house and learning about aunt May and things, but it's not terribly useful for hours and hours and hours. And I say that on the assumption that it's going to come together at some point during the course of this game. Like I said, I'm eight or 10 hours in, but I'm giving them credit for that because they delivered such nice stories with Miles Morales, especially. And I'm hoping for that to come around here. But for the most part in Spider-Man, I'm cleaning up the house. I'm helping a kid get a homecoming date. I'm, I'm doing these various things that are all, ugh. you know, and if I'm, if I'm, if I'm going to listen to critiques, of side quests in Starfield or Final Fantasy 16 that I think are legitimate, I think it it should be applied equally to Spider-Man, essentially not Spider-Manning very often for long periods of time. 
yeah, I think I played something different. So, like, like the, I understand what you're saying, and I, I know like some of those uh, missions you're talking about, and I think that's you know that's. Just on a long scale date to Coney Island. It's like okay, great. Yeah, I mean, and that's. I mean, I know. Did you finish it? Uh, yes, I'm, I'm okay. in a fighting. All right, so so yeah, all right, so that that's kind of an important. Now the rest of it, you know, that's just I think that's just personal preference, basically. I think the I'm with you on some of it though, like that, the 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 date thing was a little bit much, uh, and there was a couple other parts where I was just like, I don't need to be doing this right now. Like this could have been a maybe a minute and thirty cutscene. Yes, a short you know, conversation. Where, the flashbacks, right. right? This reminds me of like Uncharted right. 4, right? The stuff I really don't like to do is the stuff that's, okay, this are, these are things the characters know already. And what did we really learn there? What did we really do yeah. there? Yeah, I think some of that stuff could have been cut out. Um, if they did do that and you just played through the main game, I think you'd be done in about 15 hours. So it's almost like they're artificially extending the game length, which is stupid um, because there's so much other stuff to do. Um, I've got about 20 hours in it right now, and I'm about 57% done, according to my PlayStation. Um, I've done a lot of the side quests, and that and the 57% is just through the main story, is all it registers. Um, I've done a lot of the side stuff. I've collected, <clears throat> excuse me, and done a lot of, uh, like, everything. Like, there, you can collect crystals for something, and I've gotten all of those. Uh, there's little spider bots you can go collect. I've gotten all those. So it, it's, it's, but that's just kind of how I play. Like I'll get to a point where I'm just like, okay, I need to get this, need to get this. I want to do all this stuff before I move that main story forward. You know, I want to try to get as much of the story. And this is again, coming from somebody who is a huge Spider-Man fan and I'm not going to get defensive about it either. It's just, people are different. I don't, I don't um, demand anybody agree with me on these. No, things. no. I mean, I, I agree with you on some of those things. I mean, because it's true. I mean, they, they didn't have like with God of War when we when we talked about it here, there was just a lot of stuff. Ragnarok or 28 Ragnarok. OK. You know, it was just it was just like, gosh, man, you know, some of this stuff is just so long, long. Like and you, there was no skipping it or, you know, no, no interaction. And it didn't need all. it. Yeah, it, no, it didn't right. need it. Right. And and it was just like man, this is this is getting a bit, bit much, um, but everything else about the game, and that's probably my biggest sore point with it too. Hogue is what you what you're having issues with, um, has been improved in my opinion. I know you you said you didn't well, you like said the, in the DM. You like the combat better. I, mean, I like I it better. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I like it better because there's more to it. It's not just it is more press one button. To it. It's definitely more complicated. But it's 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 more you know you you've got and there's times where it kind of screws me up still. But it's not just press one button, press one button, press these two buttons to do a finisher, which is all Spider-Man was. And and you could see it start to happen with Miles, where you started adding like the Venom powers and stuff. Um, and this one kind of takes it to that next level where you've got not only that, but you've also got the when I say Venom powers, I mean the Venom electricity. I know what powers. you mean. Okay, I, I so know everybody else knows. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, and then, uh, but now you've got it with like uh, Peter. They've 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 re they've uh, they've taken down the number of gadgets. There's not quite as many. There's only like five now, I think. Uh, and so that's kind of nice because I never used half of them anyway. 
And now I well, use they, them all they, the time. They took down the number of gadgets. They disconnected the concept of ultimates from the suits. They they moved skills yes. into their own kind of button tree. So you've got hold downs on both bumpers right. to get you to different things. Uh, and I think the, the thing that I find the most distracting and the, the, the least well executed is that they've got a parry concept in Spider-Man now. Oh, God. Oh, hold on. They almost choked on my Dr. Pepper. Yes. <laughs> that one I will give you. That parry thing is crap because I never okay. use it. Yeah. And that's it's, actually the, the thing that I was thinking of yes. the most, right? So in the first game, heavies you kind of had to deal with in various different ways. And none of them were very good because you're an acrobatic Spider-Man. And now what they've introduced is that heavies and special uh, enemies will hit you with an attack that is marked in a specific way. And the really only way to deal with it is to parry on time like a Dark Souls game, which is fine. But one, it feels a little weird for Spider-Man. It's I was not going to say, I would have never Spider-Man expected move. that. No. Yeah, he, he does kind of a little like wrist brace parry and then fires it back at the guy. And I think more problematically for the combat, the signaling isn't great. That It's not. Because it looks exactly the same starting off as a regular attack that you would normally dodge. And then it goes from that to like a yellow flash or slightly bigger yellow flash or something. It, it's you, you, it's hard to kind of get them figured out. And, the, you know, to be fair, at this point, like you start using it more the farther you go in and I've gotten used to it. But when I first started, I never used it. I just took the hit or jumped the hell out of the way. And I, I just can't do it. I mean, but now where I'm at in the game, I don't know if it got easier or it was something I just had to get used to because the enemy types are different. Um, I use it a lot more, but it's also given my situation, which you'll probably understand when you get to it, you'll, you'll kind of see it. But at, at first, yeah, it's, it's not good because it's, yeah, it's hard. So it's hard to differentiate those two. And I think that's emblematic of really what the game's primary issue is for me. I've talked about story, but it's 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 bloated, right? It's it's bigger. It's got more stuff happening. It's both Miles Morales and Peter Parker. It's more complicated, but that doesn't necessarily make something better, right? I've talked in this space a lot about liking elegance, and I think 2018 really had a lot of elegant things with the way that the tokens worked and the way that the suits built up and the way that they had their skill tree work. And I'm not saying any game, anything made by humans is perfect, I'm not saying it couldn't be improved. I'm saying that what they did for Spider-Man 2, I don't find to be an improvement from Spider-Man 1 or specifically Miles Morales. I really do think, much like Mirage, that there is is value to these game developers sometimes just having to make something smaller because Miles Morales was tight. It was focused, and I think it was really the best Spider-Man experience. And this one, I think when we talk about story from the bloat, you get a lot of the same beats, right? Miles Morales is Spider-Man, so you're getting a lot of the same kind of, it's very difficult for work-life balance when you're Spider-Man. And you get like one cutscene for Peter Parker having that, and then one cutscene for Miles Morales doing that. And you're like, okay, what is the, what is gained for us having two Spider-Men right now in terms of storytelling and plot momentum? And so I think they've got the pacing issues we saw pretty predominantly in Ragnarok. And they've been brought to Insomniac, I think, really for the first time in Spider-Man 2. I think I think that those two, what you're talking about as far as like what Miles went through and the balance and everything, it, it's it's now it's they're doing that again and they're adding in that relationship between Miles and Peter. 
and and how that's going to work out. And I, I, that I couldn't tell you. That's kind of one of those things where they kind of need to stick the landing, like I said. If they don't, it's going to be a huge miss. But if they do it, if they pull it off, great. Um, but technically, like I said before, this game I think is better in every way as far as, aside from the story, I think the combat's better, but that's just my personal opinion. I think the traversal is so much fun. And uh, it's, 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 How do you feel about the spider wings? I love them. I mean, it makes okay. it so much better. I don't fast travel anymore. I fast traveled all the time in 2018 and miles. There was just time. Now you don't even have to. I mean, you can get places so fast. Then again, fast traveling when I do do it is instantaneous, which is amazing. Uh, I have had no frame rate problems. I've had no graphical issues. Uh, I've just it's just been like from that aspect, and and from like a technical aspect, mechanic. I've had no problems. But I can. Oh yeah, totally I was just wondering it. how you felt about them. To me, the the fantasy of Spider Man is swinging through the city. I don't sure. really want to be an extreme sports guy. Well, you don't have to use them. I know I you mean, don't have to use them, except right. that a lot of the distances between places are are pretty demanding. Of, no, just, I mean, no more than 2018. I don't think. I mean, it's it's just. Well, there's a know, second island. Got, I mean, the second island, right? I mean, that's. I mean, you could fast travel. There's, there's other options, but you can't. You got to unlock fast travel now, you know. But you didn't have. You one have to unlock fast travel. Speaking of kind of Ubisoftification, right? They've they've added this notion of doing enough stuff in a region to unlock fast travel. There, it feels very kind of open world. Need to do things. Check check the box type type game design. I really do feel like Spider Man Two, and I don't know this from behind the scenes has a different kind of design director or, or design team than the first one. And obviously companies change personnel, but it's got a different feel than the first two Spider-Man games, in my opinion, in terms of the design philosophy behind some of the things they tried to, they tried to shrink the tokens concept into essentially two types of tokens. And so you just go to missions and you get 200 tech tokens and things like that. And they, I, they got, I think it's tried three or four. Right, they got well, they have, tokens, they have they tech, tech, and then they, they have, have like rare fancy tech. tech. Yeah, they've got like three or four different tokens that you have. But to the original was like crimes and, and fortresses and backpacks, and yeah, I, I don't know where to get them, even though there's a thing that actually will tell you you can actually just press a the button. There is, they've this. got a button to, where can I get these things? It comes yeah. straight from like mobile design, yeah, right? It's like go hit I mission mean, one, three, six times, yeah, okay, it's fine. I love that. Uh, I love that Travis is just waiting to speak, um, and the chat is confused because it's been so long that this, Travis hasn't interjected with an. Yeah, it's crazy. It's been kind of quiet. <laughs> I will say this. I will say. I'm this not talking because I haven't played it, so I'm letting you guys go. Like I figure, Travis I, just feels I'm I, I'm using my own rope, and he's just yeah. going to come swinging at me. No, I don't think he is. I would I would guess he isn't, but I, I will say this just to, to finish it up. I, I'm having a good time. It's fun. Uh, I like the characters. Um, I could do without some of the exposition in some of these longer, not even cutscenes. They're like interactive talking things. I don't even know what the hell they are. Uh, combat's fun. Right bumper to make three pointer. It, it takes, it, yeah, it takes a while to get through some of this stuff. But otherwise, I'm enjoying it. Not my game of the year. I can tell you that right now. There's no mm -hmm. chance it's going to overtake. I mean, it would have to come out in the last. 40% or whatever I have and just do something that I'm not expecting, not even story-wise, just like all of a sudden do something crazy. But, you know, it, it's still...
going to be up there for me. And I've had a good time playing it. So it's a fun game to play. Definitely. And I want to add that, right? Because I've, I've given Mike critiques. When I'm allowed to be Spider-Man and fight some bad guys and, and do some things on the ground and kind of the normal gameplay flow, I enjoy playing Spider-Man 2. But as a narrative first game that's telling a story, I have not been intrigued by overall what the state of the world is or what I'm doing. It seems to think that it can just rest on its cachet of your Spider-Man. And I don't, I don't think it really can. Yeah. It can't for me, but again, like I said, I'm the worst person to give this opinion though. I am the worst. And I will admit that a hundred percent. I'm, I'm a huge Spider-Man fanboy. And that's, You're still that's on uh, Baldur's Gate three though, is your clear oh, yeah, game of the sure. year. Yeah. I mean, I'm that's, that was like, I, I don't even know. It was like, like it just changed everything I, I thought about video games. I mean, that's which is crazy at 47 years Box old. Box quote. I mean, it was nuts. <laughs> I mean, what they did with that game, I'm not going to get into it, but I, it's just it was mm-hmm. it was literally game changing for me. I mean, it's just it's, it was it was something different, and I played it in like the worst conditions at first. So, I mean, <laughs> I've got like yeah. 500 hours in it. It's disgusting, <laughs> disgusting. Yeah. Baldur's Gate right. 3 is a great choice. Yeah. All right, quiet guy, which I'm not used to saying towards you. Um, right, where are you in Spider-Man in terms of, uh, like, you know, how much have you played and, and what are your thoughts? I, I've here? played less than these two, which is why I wanted to give them a chance to slug it out. And also because I think it's interesting how different their <laughs> opinions are about this game. I just, I, I was personally just listening and enjoying the back and forth there and the different perspectives. But um, I kind of am in the middle of these two. And for the reason, <laughs> first of all, I should say I'm a huge, I'm a huge, huge mm-hmm. Spider-Man fan, which is, uh, you know, a spider Peter Parker was me in high school. I was a, a dorky kid that got bullied and wished I had a spider that would give me power. So I very much related. <laughs> I read all those comics while I was in high school uh, and dreamed about, you know, one day maybe become making something of myself. Um, but uh, the Spider-Man uh, games to me, including the first one in Miles, uh, which I think I finished Miles, but I, I, I definitely finished the first one in 2018. Um, it, they, they to me were great games that did uh, everything that you would expect from a Spider-Man game well, but did not stand out to me as amazing you know nine out of ten or ten out of ten games uh to me and so i i thought that the games were overhyped and people were kind of enamored with just the ip of spider-man which i totally understand there's a lot of passion and love about it but to me i was always like you guys are swooning over a game that you know is is pretty milk toast it's pretty table stakes it felt to me uh those games and so seeing this one come out and have a little bit of more tepid response i kind of feel vindicated people thought spider-man 2 was going to be a game of the year turns out it isn't even the best game that came out this week so i to me that feels kind of like all right well you know maybe people's standards are improving a little bit or they're suffering the sequel problem which is you know once you've done it once you really there's a lot of pressure on to do something new in a sequel and i don't know if spider-man 2 does enough of that for me i agree with dan in some areas like the traversal feels a lot better combat 
is mixed. I'm, I sort of see Hoag's point. Like I'm a guy who loves perfectly pairing and souls games. And I will admit he's 100% right. It feels super weird and out of place. Yeah. It's also <laughs> not Spider-Man's combat style. Like he's not a parry guy. He's like a dodge and get out of the way because he's ultimately scrawny. Yeah, he's he not hand to hand. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's not a, like, you know, that you would expect a parry from like Wolverine. And so, um, I think, uh, I think, yeah, that it's a it's a good game. Like if I was reviewing yes. Spider-Man 2, I'd probably give it an 8, but that's what I would have given Spider-Man 1. So to me it's just more of like a great game that is not by any means amazing. It doesn't blow me away. And so I think it's okay to have games like that. I think it's okay to have like a Spider-Man game that you're like, "Look, that's time well spent." Um but I will say so far I agree with the uh with what Hogue said that I think Spider-Man one used its time more wisely and miles, especially uh, used its time more wisely. And I, I feel like Spider-Man two isn't getting, you know, like if you're, if you're going to make a great game that doesn't do anything crazy new, then you got to use the, you got to use that time really like you got to, you got to pick your battles with how you're going to spend people's time. And I don't think that you spend it uh, dragging it out when you don't really have anything new to say so i agree with hogan some areas i agree with dan some areas but my opinion really is jet just that it's a great game that to me never really reached the lofty nine and ten heights and i don't think spider-man 2 has really changed that opinion for me so i will be playing that entire game i love spider-man and so i'm just going to play it as a fanboy but i will say this i've never been more afraid about what insomniac is going to do with wolverine because uh talk about melodramatic characters that have a lot of room for you to <laughs> put in really like slow sequences and flashbacks and stuff and uh like the fact that spider-man is inherently fun and goofy that's like part of that brand i think speaks to insomniac strengths and seeing them move away from that goofiness and more toward the melodrama makes me very afraid of what wolverine's going to be like because wolverine is an edgelord and i really worry about Literally. how they're going to handle yeah, I really worry about how they're going to handle an edgelord game. And yeah, that's the other thing about this is I kind of just have a bad taste in my mouth with the whole Spider-Man insomniac thing because I really don't want them to become the licensed Marvel yeah, studio. And I, I love their weird projects. And I, I kind of see them getting boxed into a corner that doesn't really feel that insomniac to me. So I have a grudge. Not really. Good, this, but Travis, I've got an you, issue with yeah. You do see Ratchet popping out in Spider-Man Two, from yes, time, right? I, they, and I and so I love much Ratchet in that game that you can yeah. see like okay, that's that's a Ratchet and Clank thing that they just put in Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, the uh, the eight out of ten that IGN gave Spider-Man is is definitely a score I'm agreeing right. with so far. It feels right to me, but that that's not really a change for me. I felt that way about Spider-Man One, and that's me trying to put my love of Spider-Man aside, which is frankly hard to do. I have a very strong affinity for that character. And don't do it. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. I am, um, so obviously been sitting here listening to the three of you, and it, it's I'm hearing a lot of things I kind of expected from this game, and I think that kind of speaks to some of the things Hogue was talking about, which is, and we've talked about it a lot on this show, I know, Um but a lot of what you guys described just feels formulaic to me, um, and which sounds weird, especially for someone who loves like Souls games as much as I do and things like that, because they are formulaic to a degree as well. I recognize that. Maybe it's just what I prefer. Um, but I, I think your point about um, 
the kind of cutscenes, the Uncharted 4 nature of Spider-Man 2 listening to you kind of scares me. That's what I'm afraid of to see out of PlayStation first party continually. I think when they started to evolve their first party into this kind of third-person cinematic experience in the PlayStation 4 era, we've talked about how that kind of changed the scope. You know, it's it's widely celebrated. I would think that the majority really like it, right? It's It's pretty obvious from the sales and the critic scores that this is a, a liked approach, right? So I think we may be uh, being a little more critical than some others. Um, but for me personally, there's some aspects of the, those types of games I like, but it, it's it definitely feels kind of like a box that they're trying to put all of these games in and kind of hit check marks of certain attributes that these games have to give that same sense of feeling across different IPs. And I think Travis makes a good point too, thinking about the future of Insomniac with Wolverine. I would I would hope that Wolverine is a vastly different game from Spider-Man. And I, I don't know. I Obviously, the jury's out. We'll see. Um, but it just feels like when you look across the last several PlayStation first party releases, there's a lot of similarity. Um, and it, it that annoys me to some degree. Um, it just doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't strike it for me. It's not something that really excites me anymore. And Ragnarok, I think, was the worst offender for me. Of- I think Ragnarok is worse than Spider-Man 2 on this, but there are Agrabota-type scenes in Spider-Man 2. Okay. Yeah, and it's like, you know, it's not that I don't get what they're trying to do. And I think some people, again, I think probably quite a few people, really enjoy those kind of slowed down, talk it through narrative things. But I, I also think it's kind of a mistake to uh, associate that one-to-one with storytelling, right? That, that doesn't make good storytelling. And I think, that, I think that just saying, oh, it's cinematic, it's got cutscenes, and hey, these characters talk a lot, that doesn't mean it's telling a good story. Uh, that's not the only way to tell a good story. It, it, not even close to the only way to tell a good story. And it doesn't even necessarily make for a good story. Um, in fact, to Hoag's point, from a game perspective, it can feel disjointed. It can take you out of the experience that you're trying to provide the player. And so I think there's a fine line there. It's it's my problem, honestly, and I know you guys will probably disagree with me because I'm pretty sure Hogan and Dan really like some of these games. Correct me if I'm wrong. But it's the problem I've always had with Kojima games. I feel like there's there's some really cool aspects to gameplay and and things that he does in a lot of his games. And then there's this other stuff that just completely takes me out of it. You, you know, long cutscenes, dr- things that are drawn out ad nauseum. And it's just like, that doesn't create a good experience for me personally. And I feel like a lot of these recent um, uh, PlayStation first party titles, Ragnarok being the biggest offender to me, it's just like, you're, you're the god of war. <laughs> and you have these amazing combat abilities and, and you know, boss fights at times and these amazing scenes and stuff. But then, like, to spend half an hour, an hour, two hours just walking around talking uh, and being told, that's a whole other thing, being told what to do at every step of the way, it's just exhausting. There, I, was, I was playing Spider-Man 2 with my daughter, as I do with these games, and you definitely have the Sony reminders audio of whatever it is that you're doing and so that is definitely the house style of sony games it's yeah, a little I don't... bit less annoying than horizon but not a ton uh horizon another perfect example like i've said before right i love zero dawn i platinum that game and i don't even care about trophies i just loved it that much right and forbidden west just lost me um it just lost me it just feels 
you guys have said bloated a few times and it feels bloated. Um, mm -hmm. So I don't know. I don't know. I could I could kind of go on That's about cool. this, but I. I, I think as we get into this new era of PlayStation that we've talked about several times now of what, you know, what they do with live service and new leadership coming in and what they decide to do, it's going to be very interesting to me. I'm very curious to see how, if at all, they change some of this direction. Because like we said, from a financial and sales success of these major tentpole titles and a critic review of these tentpole titles, they're killing it, right? So I, I don't think I'm in the... Uh, our opinions on some of these viewpoints are in the majority at all. Um, so if you're making a ton of money and you're selling a ton of games and you're getting critics raving about it, why would you change it? No, I agree. And the, the tweet that caught so much fire for me was commenting on an IGN article that said, Sony is the king of storytelling because of Spider-Man two. And my tweet was these kinds of articles are why we get the bloated ponderous storytelling of, of yes. Sony house style now. And that, brought fire down on me, which is fine. I don't care. But that that was the comment is, look, yes, critics are raving about it. I would prefer it if, especially for narrative-based games like a Spider-Man 2, we had a critical class in video games that was more concerned with what is good narrative, what is dramatic momentum, and what is compelling than just gameplay, right? Spider-Man 2 is a good video game to play. It's not in its, in its full entirety a good video game because of the story that it chooses to use for however long it runs so i think we need a kind of a movie critic type shift into at least analyzing the stories these games choose to tell because that's part of what's going to make the experience good or bad when you're narrative first video games i just want to state that uh i think opinion articles on websites are good um even if you don't agree with them uh but yeah the also i want to say uh, i i think uh, spider-man 2 relies on quick time events too much in its fights and it bothers me but that's a pet peeve of you know mine what? in really every game but i i <laughs> you know what the big problem with it is there especially in like the sandman fight when you start out is that it has those tutorial prompts and quick time kind of prompt looking things that are just designed to tell you how to fight and then it drops them and then you can just circle sandman for an hour and you're like, oh, I'm supposed to do the things that you told me to do before, but that wasn't actually a quick time event. That was your tutorial. No, there's there's really not a lot of it throughout the there's, game. There's some, and I will tell you, for somebody that's still at least a little bit working on his left hand, they have a lot of like variable analog use of the trigger buttons. That's the worst too, guys. That I'm bring that up because that's I don't know why. Oh, I mean, like the I, dual sense stuff. Yeah, I love. Yeah, like like hold this down at like three fifths. You know? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Get this little shaky little dot. And mine's, just, I mean, I don't know if it's just me, but mine are like this. <laughs> I can barely, my fingers are going like this, like just trying to get these two things. No, I mean, you can shut that off, though. That's funny. And my you occupation can't, you can't shut that off. Yeah. Can't shut that off. Like, they, they've got perfect. a lot of good accessibility options. To By the way, I hate that entire feature of the DualSense 5. The entire feature of having to different levels of the button presses and, oh, you know, you like in a, it was Returnal was the one that really bothered me. Where like a half pull is you aiming down the side. That and took a, a long time to get used to. It, it yeah. hurts my brain and I never get used to it. And I pull down all the way and I just, <laughs> I just don't like that feature. Just If I, I, I can just, talk about another kind of minor nitpick for Spider-Man, I think that there is a... I think that there's an understood industry look at what a button icon looks like when you need to hold it down, that it's like the little dash and then it, it becomes a full circle when you hold that mm -hmm. button down. 
for some reason, Insomniac's UI designer decided that they needed to tell us where the X and triangle and square and circle buttons were by using that little dash. So whenever they show the picture of an X, it's got a dash at the bottom. Whenever they show the picture of the of a triangle, it's got a dash at the top. But while that, while you might innately read that as hold down the button, it doesn't mean that. In fact, they'll write out whether you need to press or hold it seemingly randomly. It's always just the dash because you might forget where the triangle button is apparently. So it's a weird choice. I, hmm. I didn't have that part, but I do, I do agree. I, I understand the, the pain of the, how hard do you hold down the button? Cause I go, I don't know about you guys. But I go full bore. You know, when I need to hit a trigger, that thing's getting smashed. You know what I mean? I don't do the half pull. I don't, I don't have any restraint there. I don't I don't have I, a big problem with that. I think the dual sense is actually probably one of the reasons I play on PlayStation more. Like, I know Ghost Recon added, like, a half pull for, like, holding your breath through a sniper rifle, you know, which, and it works. You know, it, it works fine. If it's implemented correctly, it's fine. But if they just throw it in there to just, use the features then it usually doesn't work out and unfortunately and you wouldn't think this would be the case with first party game you know a lot of them do that where it's just like you really could have done a little bit better job you know you've got the inside track here you know you just do something cool yeah, my, my problem have. with it, Dan, is really that like it it just doesn't make sense from an input design. Like if I were making a game and I had to use the trigger to mean two different things, I would mean a light. I would make it so that a light tap is like a light attack and a hard pull is like you do one of the harder attacks where you it takes you longer, a strong attack or whatever you want to call it. But it's weird that like half pulling the left trigger means you aim down sights and full pulling means you do something completely different. To me, that's yeah, like. It's not really like thematically met. So I don't really have a problem with the way Spider-Man 2 implements it, to be honest, because it's like different degrees to it's like you're playing like a meter game. I get that. But uh, yeah. I just have a problem with the, that whole feature where like they use one button to mean two things. And usually those button the things that you're assigning it to do, it's like this could have been a paddle, you know, just put a paddle on your controller. Well, they make a lot of interesting choices, right? They use the touch. They use the touch button in the controller for for gesture movement, which always feels like you didn't actually press anything and you hope it works. Um, so that's, that's bizarre. Like, like you push, you, you push up, like you're, you're, you're swiping up to get your camera. You swipe down to do something else. You swipe left and right to do various things on, on that big touchpad button. I don't think anybody, even Sony has primarily used it as anything but a giant button. So, I mean, it's, it's clear that Insomniac either wanted to or was directed to try to use all the features on the controller. That's fine. But I just don't think that they turn out very well. And yes, for me personally, being asked to pull the left trigger at various degrees of strength is maybe the hardest thing you can ask me to do. Mm -hmm. That's a good little exercise, a little continued uh, therapy at home. You yeah, you got PT. yeah, you got PT right into your game. There you there. go, dude. Me, I haven't had a cool. stroke. I mean, I can barely yet. I mean, I haven't can imagine you? how tough it is. Haven't you? Well, I mean, probably. I probably had several, actually. Probably just had one like two seconds ago. Uh, I, I just like to say Returnal is awesome, by the way. Just Returnal is awesome. I wish the I do love Returnal. I, re I really game. had a, the hardest part of that game was me learning the left. The half me too. For yeah, once I got that I down, made I the game fine, like 50% but... harder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love return, man. I hope House Mark does continue in that it's kind of game. vein. That was amazing. Um, 
All right, guys, that's a lot on Spider-Man 2. Um, we'll see. Uh, we'll touch in next week to see once you guys kind of finish it up, you know, where, where you landed on it finally. But, um, yeah, another big uh, another big release this week. And, of course, um, simultaneously this week, we got the biggest, well, not the biggest, but a big release from Nintendo in Super Mario Brothers Wonder, which is a return to their 2D platforming chops. And, quite frankly, um, I will speak on this one. I, I'm not as far as I'd like to be, um, but I do have a few hours in it now. I think I've got maybe 20, 25 of the, the Wonder Seeds or whatever, a few, few worlds down. Um, I adore this game so far. Absolutely adore it. I am a 2D platforming kind of stan, you know, grew up with it, of course. Super Mario World, uh, I continue to believe, is one of the greatest. It's on my greatest games of all time. I just all-time favorite. Uh, Rayman Legend, Super Mario Brothers 3, you know, all those classic kind of 2D games. And uh, this one so far is really kind of hitting the boxes of uh, what I expected and wanted out of the game. I, um, you know, the early levels are pretty easy, but I can already see it kind of ramping up in terms of having the secrets on each level and different things you can discover, right? And I think um, there's just a charm to the game that Nintendo just does so well. Uh, in this type of space you know i i criticize nintendo a lot on this show i don't play my switch often at all i'm not a huge nintendo fan nowadays <laughs> but um i've been eagerly anticipating this one and so far it is everything that i hoped it would be um and i just can't wait to play it more honestly uh, i love it i love seeing them return to this 2d space i also think it's really cool that you have um different characters that you can choose from to play as that have you know kind of help if you're you know your kids want to play or younger children right like uh for instance you can play as the yoshis and they're invincible um so you don't necessarily die you can just kind of run around the level there's co-op that you can play with your family right and and online and i think they just it's a really really good example of a modern mario 2d nintendo first party developed game they just do this thing better than anyone else um my, and i my love feeling it. with nintendo games is always like when you see a Nintendo game like Mario Wonder do something, it feels like it was always done that way. Like they've always thought through the implementation of what they're putting in. I love Mario Wonder's online, which is essentially just a kind of re-envisioning of a Dark Souls type online. You've got mm -hmm. ghosts running around everywhere and they can help you from time <laughs> to time. Uh, but it's just really well done. And there's a, there's a joy in feeling and they put this in the tutorial messages a lot that like those ghosts are playing this the same time that you are and mm -hmm. it, it gives you that joy of like yeah we're all just elephants running around fighting hoppos and we're doing it together and isn't that great and if you fall down a pit your ghost comes in and if you touch one of the signs somebody left for you you're back to life and like it's just a really good implementation of multiplayer that is very nintendo like nobody can swear at each other nobody can get you in trouble with the family but Oh, Travis says, I'll find a way. Point. Yeah, cool. <laughs> you'll find a way. <laughs> yes. Well, it's a little less, it's a little less traumatizing than playing through Travis's. Uh, what was the, what was the game called from the Dead by Daylight people? Levels? Uh, are you talking about Evil Dead or? No, Evil I was Dead talking Dead? about the one where you set that trap room where I could not. Oh, more than oh. two seconds. Oh, mine. The yeah. Maker. Meet your maker. Meet yeah, your yeah. maker. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, it's less fun. traumatizing than that, but I fully agree with Ains that it's great to have different character choices, and I like it better than like Super Mario Brothers Two implementation because they don't have different powers. You're not fighting over oh I need that long jump or anything like that. It's, yes, exactly. It's the same characters, 
They don't interact with each other physically, so it doesn't have the new Super Mario Brothers problems where you're just shoving people into pits and things. <laughs> it's a it's a really well done game, and I think when I think about Mario, when I think about Mario and Mario Two and Mario Three and Super Mario World, this is obviously when I was a younger person, but there was a there was a sense of joy and discovery in those games that I really haven't felt since since Wonder's release on Friday. I think it's it really does feel like the next game after Super Mario World. Like if they took all their imagination from the Galaxy series and from the 3D games and they put it back into 2D, it's that kind of upgrade from from what the older games were. And I really didn't know Nintendo was even going to try to do this with their 2D enterprises anymore. It, it feels as imaginative and fun as one of the 3D games, which is usually what I'm excited about. And if you're at all interested in any of those things that I just said, Super Mario Brothers Wonder is a must buy. It is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Elu, uh, who's in the chat and reviewed it for us, gave it a 10. Um, he um, he is also a Super Mario World stan through and through. And, uh, you know, I've talked to him a lot about this game because obviously he's gone through the whole game now. Um, and, um, you know, the things he's already said around uh, kind of how it builds, right? The later levels getting more complex and more things to find and everything that you would expect out of a 2D platformer there. And I'm just super excited to get into them. But it's it's just like almost immediately playing this game, you just have a smile on your face, you know, and you're, I'm just having fun. And, and it's great to get those games once in a while. I've said before, I love... I'm a horror stan. I love dark games. I love hard games. Like, that, that's where I live and breathe. Um, but these types of games are just, um, you know, they're just fantastic. They take it's me back funny. to childhood. It's joyful. They use those. Yes. They use those talking flowers so well. There's comedic timing in the game. <laughs> yeah. And we should have known, like, I, I don't know the names off the top of my head, but, you know, a lot of people talked about when you look at the uh, staff from Nintendo that created this game and developed it, it was like an all-star cast, right? This it is, is like yeah. their greatest people. Uh, of the the kind of Mario u- universe, if you will, making this game, and it, I think even early on, it shows through. It just it shows right away on the screen, and it's beautiful. What a colorful, like stunning looking game! And you get those wonder, you know, the wonder seed, or is it wonder seed, oh. or is it wonder, wonder flower? flowers? Yeah, wonder flower. And like it, you feel like you're on an acid trip, not to go too far down the rabbit hole, but it's just like finally the the world world makes sense. And, and gives you new mechanics. And it's just it's just awesome, man. So I'm I'm just super pumped to put more time into it and talk more about the later levels here in the coming. It years. is, it's that's that joy of discovery, right? You're like you find that wonder flower in every level, and you're like, what is it going to do? I have no idea. Yeah, and it's always and unique and they're, yeah. they're always different. They always play that really weird music, and uh, yeah, it's it's a good time. And yeah, it is gorgeous. It's it's a really gorgeous two D game, yeah. uh, in a way that I wasn't expecting. Yeah, I got to say, normally I don't really care at all about what animal Mario is going to turn into in this game, but I love the elephant, and <laughs> it's awesome. The so, elephants are cool. Yeah. I like how they have to squeeze into the pipes. Yeah, it, everything about them is great. Uh, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. I'm. I, I, this seems to be a theme, but I probably I don't know. Have you guys played much of this game? I only played like an hour, but I I'm am about midway through three to four. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I've, I've beaten the first. I've beaten the first two worlds. So the theme is that I'm playing all a lot more games and a lot less time <laughs> per game. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, but but I I'm I'm just really liking what I I've done so or what I've seen so far. I don't I haven't played enough to say whether it's going to be like a ten out of ten for me. But 
um, given that Mario has really not missed in the Switch era, I would say. Like, the Switch for Mario has been pretty damn good. I really liked Odyssey, too. I, yeah, I didn't Odyssey think Odyssey is, was... For me, it Odyssey, wasn't the all-time top, but it was up there. It was my game of the year that year, for sure. Because um, I think that was the year it was either, like, everybody was saying Tears of the Kingdom or Odyssey, and I was definitely Team Odyssey. Breath of the Wild, one. you mean? Probably. Oh, yeah, sorry, well, Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Breath of the Wild, yeah. Breath of the Wild, yeah, yeah. They were choose the king. Yeah, they had really yeah, Odyssey was was Odyssey twenty eighteen. We were talking about yeah, twenty eighteen. Yeah. I think it was. Yeah, yeah, it was Switch, the same year. Switch's yeah. launch was the smartest and best console launch ever. They they had a they had a banger like every month. Yeah, yeah, they that that was a great year for Nintendo. But yeah, the Odyssey was definitely um, great. And I just think, uh, yeah, that team continues to show that Mario is still relevant. That they're finding new ways to do weird stuff. I also really appreciate that the all the art in uh, Wonder is uh, 3D models, even though it's a 2D game. You can yep. tell in certain it's moments, gorgeous. and it's it's very it's like wow, they put a lot of effort into like the 50 percent of the game you don't see on the other end of the all the models. So it's really cool. Um, uh, yeah. Alex said Odyssey was 2017. Maybe it was late 2017. Like was, yeah, 2017 was the was the, 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 was the launch. Yeah, the switch launched in 2017. Yeah. So early in the year, it would have been Breath of the Wild, and then the end of that year was Odyssey. That was definitely my game of the year, 2017. Odyssey was great. Uh, the game of the year that year was Prey, by the way. But anyway, um... <laughs> not at launch. <laughs> yes. Maybe later. Yeah, uh, yeah, a couple weeks later, sadly. Uh, but it um. Yeah, it's it's fantastic so far. Funny enough, Elu, um, he said this in his review too, but he said Baldur's Gate 3 was his game of the year by a mile. Like, he had already said nothing's going to touch this this year for me, and he now says Mario Wonder is his game of the year atop Baldur's Gate Oh, Gator. damn. Elu. He said it's, it's just magical. Damn. So, um, I, yeah. You know, be so honest, I, you guys, I thought this was yeah. like the remake of the RPG for some reason. I had no, no idea. That's coming what out next Mario. month. That's yeah, coming that's out next month. month. Yeah, I had no idea. I had to actually look it up. I was like, "What the hell is this Mario Wonder?" I Do you no did you ever like the two D Mario games? Are you into those? Or I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, Mario three. You know, that's the, that's probably the last one I played. Mario three is incredible. Well, I, I played, mean, I played Odyssey. That's not true. I played Odyssey, but that was really not. I like I like that some really people three D. It's not side scroller. Really, some people in the chat are learning in real time that Elo has turned on them in the Baldur's Gate. <laughs> Chat like, oh no, we lost <laughs> one. We lost one of our Baldur's Gate stands. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, I, anyway, I, I have to because we're all so positive. I do have to say, from my end, I have found that I can only play a two D platformer like Wonder, even one that I'm really enjoying. I can only probably do ten courses at a time. So it's been a slower run than like my time playing Spider Man or what I really played this weekend the most, which was Diablo Four Season Two. Uh, but but. That's that's nothing against wonder. I have not been disappointed in any level that I've entered into. I just essentially say, yep, I'm, I'm good on Mario right now when I go to the next thing. I'm 100% with you. Yeah, I think yeah. it's just uh, it's a play style of the game. And I'm also weird, too. I like to like things I really enjoy like that. I like this kind of savor. Like, Save I don't want to rush through them. Yeah, yeah. so um, I'm in the same camp. I'll play a few levels and then I'll go play some more Lords of the Fallen or something else. Yep. You're like the dog that like buries the bone. To eat, to bury it up. Yeah, and nibble on it, you know, know, here and there. Yeah, 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 no doubt. Um, yeah, I'm kind of, the, I'm kind of like that with all games, to be honest. I don't, I don't really binge games uh, or shows. Actually, I hate binging shows too. I just like to get a little taste now and again. Move on to something else. I kind of have ADD with games. It's a problem. <laughs> Let's. Um, so that's wonder. Um, 
You're constantly called to play new things, right? So exactly, yeah. And and yeah. when I'm, I, if to me, if I binge a game, it feels like work because that's the work format. Is I just don't, <laughs> I don't chew my food. I just eat it all, and then I'm like, when I'm on my free time, I'm like, you know what? I just kind of want to float from place to place, you know, kind of <laughs> have just, a taste of this, yeah, taste have of a little that. taste of that. It's nice to be able <laughs> to have a little option variety. Um, yeah, so that's wonder. Like I said, you can check out Elu's review uh, on the site. It, it went up and, um, we'll talk more about that obviously in the coming weeks as we play more of it. Of course we, uh, you got to gave us a nice segue, uh, Hogue to talk about a few of the updates to games that we want to talk about, including Diablo, Halo, and a couple others. Uh, but nice. before we do that, let's get caught up on super chats because we had some sure. from the Spider-Man two conversation as well. Ah, gecko gamer, uh, with the six euros, would you rate, Resident <laughs> Evil 7. I think you meant six, maybe. Maybe six. No, Higher I think he seven. Because, oh, wait, no, Hogue does like seven. Never mind. No, he's yeah. a six. Guy. I, I mean, I think I it was like a joke for, yeah. for six, but it doesn't matter. When I write RE7 or RE6 higher than Spider Man 2, I haven't beaten Spider Man 2, so it wouldn't be fair for me to say one way or the other. Uh, but I, I've been enjoying my gameplay of Spider Man 2 more than those two Resident Evil titles. Mm. Bamskis. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, it's still good. Even when you complain about Spider-Man, you're just upset that it's not like nine or ten lofty game changer. You're not I don't think anybody's saying like the game's bad. Like to me, it's like a very nope. polished, like good triple A game. It's just you know you can't have criticisms, Travis. It's not allowed. <laughs> oh, watch me. <laughs> not every game. <laughs> every game. Never given a ten, guys. Never given a ten. I got criticisms. Gecko, thank you. Uh, Tao with the member comment. Member comment. Uh, PlayStation needs to learn to not spoil major parts in their games. Spidey 1, Sinister 6, Spidey 2. They definitely did it with else. Spidey 1. Yeah, they definitely did that with Spider-Man 1. Uh, don't even catch a glimpse of ads. I went pretty much I, dark. I didn't get spoiled at yeah, all I'm so I'm dark far. too. So, I don't know the pretty... twist, so don't tell me. Uh, well, I, I mean, Venom, like, I, I haven't played the game, but even I knew before. that there's a whole Sandman fly through you know like they showed all that or showed pieces of it at least i had no I idea know, i only know that you get 19 inches of venom i haven't <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, but i mean i do think that that is technically a spoil like based on where they're going to introduce the venom concept I, I don't think that that's not a spoiler i think they probably have to but yeah i mean one of the issues i have with spider-man 2 is not venom specifically but you know in movie land one of the major criticisms of Sam Raimi's Spider-Man three is just that it has too much stuff going on. Nothing gets the right amount of time. So it's all this kind of disjointed fan servicey, multiple villains, multiple components and Spider-Man two, the game feels most like that to me. And if we had a critical class that was analyzing those kinds of things, I think we'd get more of that kind of discussion and maybe move away from what is something that, Movies have moved away from after they get, you know, hit by reviews like that. Bloated. Gotcha. Tao, thank you, man. Always appreciate you. DS. Ah, DS. Dark Souls. Uh, or the Nintendo DS. Uh, with the two pounds. Hogue is very edgy today. I love Real it. Edgy. P.S. I love Spider-Man 2. <laughs> Wait until Insomniac makes a game about Hogue. Then they're yep. going to make him even more edgy. All yep. these slow cutscenes where he's walking. You know. <laughs> Creeping All my through. music slows down. Yeah, creep creeping through uh, small passageways to get to the next. <laughs> oh no, room. not yeah. the oh, crevice girl. Now wait a minute. Yeah. I had two crevice interactions in Spider-Man Two, and I thought of both of you. Yep. 
There you go. The crevices, dude. I live in the crevice. That's my whole life. I'm just, I'm never in any room. I'm just in a crevice somewhere. That's, if you're wondering, Travis, what is Travis up to right now? Just imagine me in between a crevice, not pressing forward or backward. I'm just, I'm I try not to imagine you extra now. <laughs> the real time is enough. Um, it's not a, yeah, it's not a daily occurrence that happens. Like, well, I wonder what Travis is doing right now. No, but hey, if, if, if now you're going to right? Spider-Man Two. I'm glad you're enjoying it. Spider-Man Two is good. Yeah. Yes, thank you for the super chat. Gecko's back again. Yeah, with the 11 euros, do you think Spider-Man Two has gotten the same <laughs> kind of problems that Ubisoft games have for some time? Too big, not much happening yet. Still too bloated. I don't it's think not it's anywhere UB near levels. that level. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think it's got too much going on. I don't, it, it feels kind of anti-designed a little bit from the, from the earlier Spider-Man games. And what I mean by that, and I've, I know I've used this analogy in this space before, but in the land of board gaming, there's, there's Euro design, which is points based and kind of elegance based. And there's Ameritrash. And I'm not speaking against my own country's board game design sensibilities here, but it essentially means that in order to emulate some kind of theme in a board game, you do it with 35 different decks of cards, right? Because you can always brute force theme with that kind of way instead of elegance. And I have always favored elegance. And I think Spider-Man did that better. And Spider-Man 2 kind of goes for this. Throw everything at him and you'll feel like Spider-Man because there isn't anything that isn't Spider-Man in this. We're just going to throw 100 different Spider-Men at you and you'll love it. And that's just not my preferred design approach. I'm fully willing to admit that that's my personal tilt, but I don't think it's the best way to make games. And I, I love know. Ameritrash. <laughs> I think uh, we've talked about, uh, we've we've kind of made that comparison too before of PlayStation first party getting towards the Ubisoft problem. But I, I would I would say it's fair to argue they're they're not to that level. Uh, you know, that's I mean, different. it's going to be hard. They're the GOAT. Ubisoft's yeah. the GOAT of bloat. Bloat goat. Bloat goat. I'm just imagining like a really, really overweight goat. Like it's just so he's not having a good time. <laughs> and look, if you're not laughing right now, your imagination just isn't understanding how big goats could be. That's that's really the only reason. Oh, man. I just imagine Kiko, the bloat goat screaming now. So hey. The bloat dude, trying to climb want, up on I, those dude, walls like in failing just keeps falling off dude bloat goat is a 10 out of 10 hashtag hashtag bloat goat can you imagine people start using that hashtag with ubisoft games like dang this ubisoft games 400 hours hashtag bloat goat like dude that would just be so good oh, man. i want to see oh, it as man. part of their twitter ad me too, dude. Honestly, they Blow should own goat. it. That like that's free money. They should put blow goat with a, it. Should have a crown, you know, as the little thing next to the yeah, for sure. a goat and then a, a crown emoji. That's like literally like. <laughs> oh shit! Oh man, Gecko, thank you as always, Alex. Alex, the two dollars super chat. I was like the critic from Ratatouille with wonder. <laughs> I've never seen Just Ratatouille. Kiss. You've never seen oh, Ratatouille? No. Great movie. That's my favorite Pixar movie. Yeah, it's a great movie. Um, yeah. I've never seen yeah. it. No, Simi was no. very yeah, happy. I, I've not really seen any Disney movies. I didn't have a childhood, but I, uh, <laughs> I did. I do know Ratatouille from uh, Disney Dreamlight Valley. Mm-hmm. It's in that game. You mean so Remy? The, re, yep, Ratatouille sure. is a dish. Remy's Ratatouille is in the game, though. <laughs> you make Ratatouille the dish. Okay. 
So yeah, I but know the character. Refer to it as a, as a character. <laughs> well, <laughs> is food not a character? I'm sorry. I'm so, I'm sorry. I don't know. We were getting all gatekeepy over here about what a character could be. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, Remy. Yeah, I, I know Remy. You're right. <laughs> Alex, thank you, man. Appreciate you. All right. Um. So, Hoke, you want to talk to us a little bit about Diablo? So, I'm hearing very good things about season two. I installed it, of course. I have not played it though. Again, just too many things. Um. How are you feeling about it? I love it, but I'm the wrong person to ask that question. I think because I was fine with season one, and I've loved <laughs> Diablo four basically since it released. I can talk about some of the changes. Yeah. Uh, which I which I think are huge improvements. So I do think season one for to Hoke's point, like if you're not deep into the end game, like, oh, I'm trying to get to level 100 every season. Like I, you know, I like all that stuff. I think Diablo season one was fine for you. It was really just like the hardcore community that was pissed, which spoiler alert that's every live service game it's the it's the, it's the <laughs> every it, community. every live service game it is the extreme extreme i have no life this is the only game i play people who are the most pissed and those tend to be the ones that get highlighted in reddit or, or uh, reddit threads and tweet twitter threads and yada yada um but i do think season two makes some really smart changes to make those people happier without affecting the uh the enjoyment of the casual player because that's a problem that other live service games have is once they start catering to the hardcore they make the game less enjoyable for the average player and then there's the question of okay who are you making this game for is it me or is it for streamers and uh destiny is a great example of a game that has that problem it seems like increasingly they make it for streamers and that makes it not feel uh, fun for people that are are more casual um I think Diablo's changes to making the uh, grind to from 50 to 100 uh, 40% faster is a really good choice. I think the uh, new endgame bosses make give you actual things to grind for. The whole summoning ritual to getting the new ultra uber boss uh, is really cool. Uh, and, or, and I love the way that that requires um, kind of like teamwork and coordination with uh, other people if you're trying to grind it. Um, and, and I think the, the theme of season two is a lot cooler and less generic than like zombie infection kind of, you know, that's like, to me, the least exciting theme for a season. And I think vampires are significantly cooler and also yeah, leads to cooler looking items. Yeah. Ancient Lord of the Vampires is, is sweet. So, um, and I love the new character with, uh, her crossbow. Eris How is she, great. Who is that yeah. voice actor? I don't know, but she's super cool. And I love that. She like, doesn't like you. She's like, you're a vampire. I'm probably going to kill you later, but for now you can work with me. Uh, so yeah. Um, I, I think season two is great. I, is it going to take some time for, uh blizzard to get back that goodwill they may have lost for some players in between launch of vanilla and season one i don't know but i can tell you this season two is a, a significant step up and i think proves that they came to play with their live service game like regardless of whether you like season one or not like they showed up on day one with live service aspirations and also i would be remiss if i didn't mention finally fixing the gem thing is the highlight of the season for me. The fact that you know, gems I didn't even know they were going to do that until the season yeah. started, that they changed it to this breakdown of, of gem yeah. parts. Yeah. They'd made, added it to the crafting bag and it's huge. Also, I love Ains's frozen frame. Oh, you just missed it. That was such a good frozen frame. Yeah, uh, oh, did it, did it correct or am I still frozen? It corrected. It corrected. Oh, okay. but yeah. For a while it was quality of life stuff. They have stashes everywhere. Now uh, the gems have changed. I really like the kind of, 
essentially permanent hell tide in season two uh, is better yep. than what it was in the season one because hell tides are only on a certain schedule. And then you had all these kind of missions to do things during hell tides that were really problematic for, for me, for someone who isn't scheduling their day around Diablo four items. And so one of the things season two does is they take the hell tide concept and they make it a blood harvest. doesn't matter. It's, it's vampires, right? And there's yep. always one that's up. Oh, nice. You can always do the things in the season journey. And it's it's really well done. I also think that with season one, they they talked about having game-breaking builds and things that were possible with the Malignant Hearts. And I think they just went a little too, I don't know, normal, not wanting to break things. And with the vampire stuff, you get so many powers and you can do so many things that it really does feel like you can break some more stuff with the builds that are afforded to you. So I think season two is more fun. Uh, I'm just the wrong person to ask for what what's better about it other than it feels like the XP comes faster. And I'm not even sure that it is. I'm at level 35. I'm not sure it happens for the early levels. Yeah. It comes faster, but it really ramps up at uh, level 50. Because okay, so basically XP ramps with creatures that get as they get harder, which isn't something that was always true. So that's cool. But, but I love Diablo 4. I, I'm still not entirely sure how the seasons transition. Like I have almost everything I had before in terms of like potions and things, but a bunch of my waypoints turned off. Like, I guess that's part of what they did. So yep. that's been interesting to kind of go back and set up the world again, how you need it to be. But it completely it. changed the way that whole, uh, that whole map XP progression thing works. And it, it I would say that's currently their biggest point of confusion is like the clarity on like why that decision is made and they had an explanation for vanilla and then they had an explanation for season one and then for season two they have a very different explanation and so it's like clearly they're still experimenting but like the design philosophy around that is very confusing I, i'll give you mm. that for sure yeah it is because you start out you got your 10 points and you got everything from your from your exploration but then you have to go hit waypoints again for some reason yep yeah um yeah, so i think it's a good game i agree with travis entirely on the like the, the addition of the end bosses and like the, they, they fuel themselves, right? Like, so if you think about it as like destiny, they give resources to get to the next one, to get to the next one, to get to the next one, to get to the final one. Like all of that is much better thought out, which I can understand that people that are in that end game all the time uh, are going to like more. Uh, I'm not usually there. Uh, I got there in season one to some extent, although I was in the, I was in the mid seventies in levels and that probably doesn't count for most of the really hardcore. Um, and now I'm back in the I'm back in the mid 30s. I'm back in the uncomfortable teenage years of your Diablo. Yeah, character. that's the worst part of the grind. Um, but I think the good news is if you got to mid 70s last season, you might have a shot at 100 now. And that was one of their main goals was to make it actually feasible for players that weren't, you know, going hardcore and inhaling uh, Diablo. Uh, to it is funny. I, I know that you're right, Travis, but I know that my timer also says I played Diablo for five days or whatever. It's like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, there's some people who played it like as streamers and didn't get to 100 in season one. So, it, I mean, that's that was an actual grind, especially level 90 to 100. Like those yeah. levels took forever. Uh, and so it's just really cool to see uh, them responding to feedback and having a plan. And I'm really excited for what this game is going to look like by the time it gets its first expansion, because it has a real chance to have its like true, you know, not everyone is into the live service model and playing seasons, but if they come out with like a major campaign a year after the initial launch and with all the changes they've made and their live service model, chugging, oh, yeah. 
Oh, dude, it's going to be like I, the what we call it in the Destiny community is the Taken King moment. Like a year after Destiny came out, they did the Taken King expansion, which a lot of people thought was like when Destiny really made it because that first year was so tough. Um, and I, I could see them having that, but like on steroids because their game was already really good, you know, and that already really, really like good it. launch with a good life service game and then a year of improvements plus a new expansion that itself could be cool and and honestly maybe better than the main campaign since the main campaign was really just a prologue to this big conflict that's shaping up um yeah i i think it it has such enormous potential yeah i think Um, i I I love it i love it as a game i'm looking forward to following it i agree that season two is stronger to me it's following the arc i would have expected season one is kind of the conservative season yeah like we can play a little bit more uh and i would expect the seasons to kind of play a little bit more until we get up to that expansion um, yeah, you got to give me pallies though. I would like a paladin class in that expansion. Oh yeah, I, I think yep. uh, I think they've already kind of alluded to the fact that they're not going to be adding classes until major expansions, and I would guess that those expansions are going to be themed around whatever class they add. And if you've been paying attention to the lore in Diablo, it sure seems like we could use a paladin-like cleansing. Uh, so yeah. I would be very I would be very surprised if that wasn't the the class they went with um but yeah they're yeah i need my probably gonna be a little bit of a wait for that at least six months oh Oh, yeah i was gonna say i think i honestly think it'll be longer blizzard is typically slow with with full expansions the seasons they'll continue at cadence but um well apparently they were working on this expansion like well before the game launched i know five months before the game but it's blizzard it's blizzard it's diablo If but they, I mean, if Diablo two and seasons that are good. I can go a couple of years before an expansion. Just just keep this rolling. Yeah, I was going to say think... Diablo two and Diablo three are still played today, right? I mean, like the, Diablo is a long term franchise for them. Four will be around yeah. for many many years, so it, they'll just keep working on it. The yeah, one economics their, tweak uh... I would make is that I really do prefer it when the battle pass has enough of the premium currency to buy the next battle pass. In it. Of course, of course. Yeah, never going to happen. I don't think so. Why? Why is it never going to happen, though? Because um, profit. (laughs) Fortnite does okay. (laughs) Fortnite does okay. I don't know. According to Epic Games, they're in the poorhouse, you know? Yeah, they 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 just laid off all their staff. Poor poor, uh, (laughs) Epic Games. They're rough right now. Well, you know, they spent money on a uh, damn fool idealistic crusade uh, that they took to the Supreme Court. Multiple, I would say. You know, hey. They gotta pay their lawyers yeah. somehow, man. You gotta, they do gotta pay their lawyers somehow. A battle pass. Blood of the innocent. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I, I would love to see that change a little bit. I also have a problem with the fact that all of the cool armor and cosmetic items are in the the premium. Like it's really hard to get good. They added, they changed that a little bit, but like especially the armor, it just feels like none of the cool stuff is in the game that you can earn, which was not true of the vanilla campaign. Vanilla campaign had a lot of cool gear, and it feels like season it one did. and season two so far, all the cool gear has been you got to pay for it or earn it in the, the battle. Stuff pass is definitely the in the premium store. Yeah, I like the woken stuff from season one, but yeah, yeah. Well, that's awesome. I'm excited to get back to it. Um, it's just been like we said. We, I mean, we still got more games to talk about. We said this week was going to be all just games, um, but yeah, Katie Cotton in the chat, who is uh, in our Discord as well, uh, talking Diablo all the time, really enjoys it, and she's very positive on season two as well. So, Hell pretty yeah. cool. Season pretty two cool. is strong, and yeah, chat. Find me who the voice actress is for Eris, not for <laughs> Destiny. <laughs> I like all Eris's apparently. The heiress in Diablo. <laughs> he said, Justin. well, it's not Megan Fox, thankfully. <laughs> oh, no, it's not. 
<laughs> How do you know? Maybe she took voice lessons and she got a. It doesn't got sound like we know she didn't. Yeah, we know that did not happen. You know what? Um, believe in Megan Fox a little bit. She's just she like all of us. She's working her way through a crevice. All right, the crevice Gemma of life. Chan. Yeah. The crevice of life. The crevice of life. We're all just we're all just in a loading screen from one one room to the other. <laughs> uh Alejandro on Hoax Channel says it's Gemma Chan. Is that right? Gemma, but yeah. I, I is it Gemma or Gemma? Gemma, I would think, right? Gemma. It's Gemma. Gemma's Gemma's a real name. Gemma. Name. Okay. Yeah, British name. Gemma. Okay. Well well, someone said Gemma Adiron and someone said Gemma Chan. I don't know. Is that the same person? I don't know. Probably. Yeah. Okay. Um, she's in the Marvels. Oh, okay. Cool. There you go. Cool. Uh, let's get a couple super chats here. Uh, Don Liner with the five dollars super chat. Hello, Bit Friends. Don. Personally, I'm saving my uh, PS5 games, uh, Spider-Man Two, Assassin's Creed, Mirage, for the no. holidays <laughs> as I fly to the family and I don't have my PC. Have a great day, y'all. All right. I nice. Know. Thank you, Don. Good to hear from you. Glad you're doing well. And of course, WW. WW with $10 super chat. Nope. I totally didn't spend 30 something hours <laughs> playing Dang on Balls this week and didn't 100% three of the maps and 90% of the fourth. Uh, nope. Totally did. Unironically. <laughs> Thank you, Rick and Ains. <laughs> Time to get back to talking about credit. balls, boys. I, 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 I listen. I'm never going to forgive you game. for spending twenty four dollars on uh, that game. No offense. I to never told you to do that. You, you did know, that on your own. You recommended it. You not know, to you. you. How great it was, and I was like, okay, you, you didn't not recommend it to me. So you, you kind of. No, had I was talking about how good the game is. Say, Rick, you, you, did, this, you did. Dan, recommend you did recommend it. No, no, no. I recommended it to people, not Dan. I mean, that's well. I also bought it. Say, hey, don't. I, I don't Dan. think I disliked it as much as Dan, idea. but I definitely was like, I don't know if I get this. No. And, you know, uh, it's okay. They're uh, uncultured bitcasts again. I'm uncultured. telling you. So I'm just um, no, no. Swedish balls. I, I don't understand what's happening. Like, I, there's no like. Tell me something. I just sleeping on banging on balls. I would love to. It that would really be is just explaining. It, it really is just exploring areas. I mean, that's, that's I told. I said this. It's a collectathon 3D platformer. That's it. Um, and you go through each level that is based on loosely comically based on some event in history. Um, and it's a blast. But why I love can't, it. Why can't I? Why do I have a sword and then not use it? Why can't I it's use my sword? Decoration. It looks cool, but I, Dan. But if, I, but if I get a tomato, I can throw the tomato. You use a sword, <laughs> but I use a, I use one of those multicolored pens. Right. <laughs> There's no Puerto Rican flag. I've looked several times. There was a Puerto I mean, Rican flag. You no, know, there is not. Go back and look. If it's Ohio or if it's Texas, they're not the same. There's a it's sub menu. Puerto Rican flag. There's no English flag either. That doesn't make it a bad game. It makes it a better English game. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it just went up a point in my book. All right, look. Bang on balls. With, Check it out. It's awesome. Don't, don't listen don't to waste it. Your mind. It's amazing. Down with your, like 98% review on Steam. Steam reviewers, you know, and they know what they're talking Those about. People have no yeah, I think they also gave a 90% to Postal 4, so I not get crazy on the true. Steam reviewer. I think it actually is. I think it has really <laughs> positive reviews. It's like a bunch of incels being like, yeah, this game's awesome. Yeah. But yeah, it's uh, it, it it really is fun. Like I said, it's it's a very specific type of game, but it doesn't take itself seriously at all. It's just a goofy 
goofy ass game. It's definitely goofy. I'll give you that. Yeah. It definitely yeah. is goofy. Yeah, I finished the Viking level. You get the I don't want to spoil well spoil anything, but there's a big boss at the end of the Viking level, which is amazing. And then you actually start to get abilities as well. Um, so I'm in the second level now, which abilities. is um, is I one of those to, swinging your sword that you pick up. Uh, well, kind of, yeah. Hmm. Um, but I went to uh, the space race now, so now it's the USSR versus America, and you're building rockets. And the the one side of the world is America, the other side of the world is the Soviet Union, and they they speak in accents, and it's just comical, man. It makes me laugh every time I play. Fun game, fun game. I'm Glad sure you enjoyed it, Debbie. But good on you, Papa. Debbie. Uh, Papa with the ten dollars super chat. All these amazing. New game experiences in my ass is playing Halo Infinite and Cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> Fandom Liberty is excellent, boys. Love it really is. It is. Yes, it is. I need to get back to that. Yep. Uh, Pomp, yeah, he messaged me last night. He finished it. Um, I won't spoil anything, obviously, but there's multiple endings. And, um, yeah, he just loved it. And I said, yeah, man, it's incredible. Love it. Idris Elba's having a day in uh, Phantom Liberty, man. Yeah. Yeah, I I think that's one of the things that surprised me the most is usually when they get these big name actors in a lot of games, they're almost like cameos, right? They're very minorly involved. But no, he is a full fledged, full story character that continues all the way through. Um, It's 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 pretty cool. I really do like his performance better than Keanu's. I know you guys like Keanu in the game, but I I think Idris's performance is really strong. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Really? Don't put don't put me he's in that camp. Dead, right? Like he's just like he's just very monotone. I love that you could say Phantom Liberty's performances are bad while while complimenting Spider Man's performances. What are we They're doing great. here? I'm not complimenting Spider Man's performances. You've never played that Look, game. So you have nothing well, I played Spider Man one. What for I like did. an hour? You played it for like an hour. Listen. Let's go. Let's go check the numbers. Dude, like I need a versus between Ains and Dan. We're tearing the old Bitcast family apart. This is great. <laughs> look, at this, look at the chaos we've wrought. I'm not saying it was bad. I'm just saying it was very here. This is Idris the whole time, just like oh, no, 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 I mean, no, he's no, a no, covert no, operative. No, 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 I, I thought no, no, he did no, well. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. I guess if you're going for mediocre, then he did great. Dan yeah. only likes over actors. They need to yes. be like, yeah. I didn't like Keanu either, though. But that's just me. it. Only takes so much emo Keanu. Oh wow, three yeah. three that are kind of lukewarm on Keanu. I think there were better characters there? in Cyberpunk than Keanu and Idris. I think far for better sure there were. For sure. So I mean, yeah, Cyberpunk's got great characters. Yeah, I mean, I think even in Phantom Liberty, you could argue Songbird is better than Songbird's Idris. great too. She's good. She's great. Yep. I need to get more time. I just got to the DLC and then I had to go do other things. So yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, you got to play it, man. Got to play it. Yeah. Dance cards. I, I love Phantom Liberty. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, sir. And Debbie's back. Debbie, it reminds <laughs> me a lot of Anthem. <laughs> I should have done those super what? chats in a different yes. order. So sorry. Hang on balls. That, but yeah. Yes. <laughs> Certainly not. Yeah. No. Yeah, that's right. Hey. What? I don't Bob, even know what, what? you like to bring on balls. So you should you should accept that uh comparison. I'm so Anthem's awesome. Right we know this. So it's bang on balls. Two great games. Is it awesome or was it awesome? Hey, <laughs> it's still awesome. You can still play it. Uh when are they turning those servers off? I, I don't yeah, know, but there's people so like good. last I played it a couple months ago and there's people running around the world doing stuff. Yeah, yeah. it's fun. <laughs> what happens? 
Get what a glowing recommendation! People, they just kill they just people kill around them. the world doing stuff. Though, honestly, if you you're are still playing, doing the same mission over you, and over again. If you are playing Anthem in 2023. You are in the crevice, like you are right in the middle of it. Like you just like I was, that is very the, that is the crevice. definition like, of living in the crevice. Is it's like I mentioned a couple weeks ago, I was playing Redfall again, and I really think that the new patch improvements are good. But every time I try to play Redfall, I think. I should definitely be playing something better. <laughs> I yeah, I Red no Fall is not good. It is not. It's, it's not terrible. That's what I'm going to say. But fine. opportunity cost in 2023 is ridiculous. Yeah, they, they, to me, the thing that they oh, will for never sure. be able to fix is the the game. The combat just feels terrible. It's like floaty and yeah, just it does, does feel, feel better now. But it's 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 not top of class at anything. And so you say, why? Why would I play this right now when I could? Well, especially in this Diablo year, or that's the problem, right? Yeah, maybe for release next year would be good. Who is, is Google Man? Travis does not rhyme with crevice. That's not. <laughs> if you really try, <laughs> you really. I mean, I guess you can make it rhyme. I, I don't want to. Yeah, I think it rhymes. I think it rhymes. <laughs> I think it rhymes. <laughs> Oh my uh, god! Um, so Pompa mentioned I want to talk about, of course, uh, Halo season five. Um, being kind of uh, rocking this week too. So uh, Diablo season two and Halo season five launch on the same day, on the seventeenth. Um, With very earlier this week. Of success. Um, are you going to talk yeah. unintelligently about Halo again, or? <laughs> I didn't you know, say anything. Talk intelligently about Diablo. And, uh, <laughs> Diablo did have. Yeah, Diablo, uh, Diablo had delay. a delay in its season because they had it. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. I know. I'm just giving you shit. Um, yeah, but actually, I, I do have a comment about that, which is like, I was like, you know what? I'm going to show Ains. I'm going to play yeah. Halo uh, Infinite this week. I'm going to play it when the season five comes out. And I had like it all marked off on my calendar. And I was like proud of myself. I was like, yeah, feeling good about it. And it totally didn't happen. But I feel really good about myself that I cleared time Even if you, to if make you it happen. It for like and then an it hour, didn't. like what's that going to do? It didn't happen. I didn't. I didn't. Get it <laughs> but, um, and obviously, you know, I talk about Halo a lot, so I won't stay on it too long. Um, but but great new release. Um, a lot of lot of cool quality of life features. Uh, new content, obviously, and um, you know some of the really neat things. For instance, like refreshing the ranked meta. So if you're a competitive Halo player, they they switch the main starting weapon, which in Halo is a big deal. Um, so it's now a, a five-shot, single-shot weapon called the Bandit Evo, which is uh, it makes it, it it makes an even larger skill gap to an already big skill gap game um, because you have to be very precise and very accurate uh, and thoughtful with your kind of engagements and shots. So Wait, the ranks kind of the board? all ranked. Yes. Oh my it's god! Big. And it's changed so for. HCS season three, so pro, all the pro competitive will be bandit starts. Yes. So b- the BR is out for comp. The BR is a pickup weapon now. Yeah. Damn. Honestly, that's a great change because once it you have the BR, change. you need no reason to pick up any weapon on the map. BR is like already, you know, god tier <laughs> weapon. So I love that yeah. change. That was one of my big problems with comp. Is to me the pistol and and AR felt better as starting weapons just because they give you every incentive to actually control the battlefield and try to find better gear. Um, yeah. When you have the BR, you have way less incentive. You can just get mad kills with the BR. So, yeah. Like so that. that's, that's, yeah, that's one of the things the pros, you know, and a, a lot of times in the comp world, they're obviously listening to the pro players. Um, and the pros said they wanted a, a bigger skill gap with the starting weapon. So this is, they created this to kind of almost replicate the halo five pistol. 
um, as a starting weapon. So it definitely makes engagements a little different. Power weapon control is more important, things like that. So that's a huge change. They added uh, AI to Forge now, so scripting. So people in the first week have already created ridiculous things. I know. Um, so you have like firefight being recreated and, you know, like you have these Giant monster hunters. arenas. Yeah, the monster the arenas. and. and there's nuts. Um, the, November 14th, they have mid-season. They're bringing a Halo 3-themed playlist with eight remade maps from Halo 3. They're even doing like a whole Mountain Dew promotion to kind of do a flashback to 2007. Um, but it's just, you know, I could That's go on and on. That's why they're doing it. <laughs> yeah, Not right. for all the money they're going to get. Not the money. Yeah. Um, but there's just a lot of good content there, and they're really kind of firing on all cylinders, like I said. They're they're really kind of crushing the updates, you know, and they and they make all these continual updates. Um Bi-week, weekly and bi-weekly too so there's rotational playlists and things coming in and out new maps being added and it's just they've really done a lot with that game so it's seen a big uh, increase it's all it's, i think it was 15th on xbox live yesterday when i looked um steam like more than doubled um even though steam was pretty low because it's a windows pc game really in game pass but um so a lot of a lot of interest in it and people kind of re you know getting back into halo which is cool to see so it's it's good it's been fun <clears throat> um yeah and then uh you know battlefield 2042 is experiencing the same thing i don't know if you guys saw no. that and i i preached like a few months ago about battlefield 2042 actually being good now like i was playing it quite a bit it passed its like concurrent player over a hundred thousand concurrents on steam like it's like you know a lot of people playing that game now so it's just great to see these live service games kind of getting new life you know and you know, the developer kind of sticking with them until they're uh really being enjoyed by a lot of people so it's better than abandoning that travis's book of live services games is accurate where you just mm -hmm. take a year off and come back and the people come back yep. gotta keep working yep. on it yep yeah i mean uh, look there's i think there's uh, studios that do this intelligently and plan for it like diablo where they're good day one and you can tell that they planned they came to play and then there's the other where you can almost tell almost immediately when the game launches that they don't really have it together and it's going to take some time and i think 2042 the headline there is wow i'm surprised they stuck with it halo infinite the headline is i'm glad that they got there eventually but you know 100 success that they're doing now is still only 50 percent success since what they promised was campaign and multiplayer and we're very clearly not getting campaign so i'll always be sad about that but it is cool that to see that they did finally come around as we predicted on the show that the first year oh, we talked about it many times yeah we talked about it many times about that. This is the model for live service games. So, yeah, I, I hope that there are more Diablo 4s because if you believe in your game, you should be building that pipeline before the game comes out. But um, certainly the model before that, that is the norm, is that there's just a year of rockiness and it eventually comes back. So it's cool to see some of the games reach that rather than dying before they got around that very dangerous uh, kind of that cliff that that nears some games so yeah and kills some games right um, it kills some, some games yeah some games die yeah, in that year because it's you hard can to see survive. the companies that are surviving that period are the ones with huge amounts of excess capital i was just gonna say that yep. yeah you got you got ea blizzard and xbox i mean yeah you're, you're and honestly in general support. even if you have a live service game and you are prepared to support it day one that requires an enormous like team you need like base essentially three teams at minimum working on the game uh in tandem on different parts of the pipeline uh which is such an enormous investment and you have to do it before you know your game is going to 
like resonate with players because if it doesn't resonate with players and people don't play your game, then you've just built three teams that are all going to have to get shut down and work on other projects. And so um, it's a huge gamble that I think part of my part of the problem with live service right now is it seems to be a model that only really works for enormous uh, developers. But the good thing is one of the main disadvantages of large AAA publishers and developers these days is that they can't really take risks. They're very risk averse because they're their gambles or they're playing at the high stakes table, right? With their stuff. And I think live service games do let them take some creative risks uh, uh, to, to some extent because they, uh, you can always fix it in post, right? 2042 doesn't work. You can, you can spend a year fixing it up and eventually it can be a successful game. So there's advantages and disadvantages. I still think the model's great, but uh, yeah, it's interesting to see how much has changed in a year. Since yeah. Last time we started no doubt. About live service. Like the line yeah, I, I'll never forget first playing 2042 and I got early access to it. And I mean, it, and when I say broken, I don't even mean like aspects were broken. Like you literally couldn't play it. It was completely dead um, disaster. So, yeah, no, it's I mean, great it's, to see. And it, it, the problem it creates, which is kind of funny, a, be, a funny problem to have as we've ta- talked through this, uh, all these games is because there's great new game releases like Spider-Man and Wonder and these other games. Right. But then you have this great new content being delivered for these games you already love trying to find time for them all is impossible. Um, you know, I'm just bouncing around all over the place. And if I spend a night playing Halo, that's, you know, three, four five hours that I could have spent playing Lords of the Fallen or Wonder or something else that I just not. But, um, you know, those I haven't even gotten to my currently playing. I got bad news for you guys. There's even more games you're going to have to play in the near future. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot that of other games. That is not bad news, about. Travis. It's pretty <laughs> bad. It's pretty bad. For, I know what for your time, be. for your wallet. I don't know. You're not going to see your kids, Hoag. I play most of the games with my kids. I shun mine. That's a that's a pretty good. <laughs> that's a pretty good. Yeah. Um, the loved ones can't say no to you because you have authority over them. Be like, you're playing this game with me. Play like, this I game. Want, I don't like this game. That, Dad, that's like, no, that's not how it works. Certainly, Silent Hill Two. Yeah, so, you're playing it. Yeah. Get me through this Elden Ring fight or no dinner. <laughs> well, we talked about it last week, but I've, I've, I have started an Elden Ring run and Ains. Nice. I, I am in Stormvale Castle now. Okay. Nice. Stormvale is huge. Just remember. And there are many, many, many hidden things in there. Remember, so a, gold, a goldfish got through that level. Just remember that. <laughs> um. So you're fully in Stormvale. Okay, I'm so proud you're of like too. That's impressive shit. That you're like five fun. or ten percent through the game. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, it's it's yeah, it's, super it's a marathon, not a sprint. But I'm yep. back in Stormvale. Okay. Yeah. Just explore a lot. Um, just explore take your time. That's your advice. Well, yeah. I mean, there's all kinds of there's all kinds of hidden things in Stormvale, but there's all kinds of um, very useful stuff you can find in Stormvale too. So. Yeah. Just explore um, a lot. If you see some yeah. boxes, feel free to walk right past them. Don't investigate. If something pops out and tries to kill you, you know, run. The most important thing is if you see a note that says treasure down there, jump, follow yeah, it. They're helping absolutely. you out. Follow that advice. <laughs> Live in the crevice. The, the, <laughs> and there is, uh, you know, without spoiling anything, there's huge implications to the story of Elden Ring um, with secrets deep in Stormvale, too. Like, oh. I literally missed the first time I played the game, over 100 hours that I missed. So, um, there's I'm stuff like I'm watching I'm someone do a playthrough now. now and they're in Rhea Lucario, which is the second legacy kind of dungeon, the big place. And I've been through there, there as far as I've gotten. 
I've been there five times and I've gone through countless different areas and they found stuff that I never found. It's just that game. I say it all the time. The game's endless, man. It's endless. Um, so I know uh, we're at two hour mark. Uh, Travis, you said you had some other games you want to talk about. Anything like specific? Yeah, I got some specific stuff. Go. Um, I think I can talk about some stuff I couldn't talk about last show, uh, which is because um, you weren't here. Okay, sure. <laughs> Even if I was here, I couldn't talk about it. Okay? Even um, if you were here, Travis, use the subjunctive. Yeah. yeah. That's true. Yeah, good point. Um by yeah, the way, uh, while you're while you're talking, Tide has said that I need to prove I like candy corn by eating at least a piece or two here on the stream. So I'm I'm I mad. Think Go that ahead and is continue. a fair thing to have to prove yeah. because I almost fair don't enough. believe you. I feel like you're trolling yeah. me. All right. I'm going. I'm um, going. So, uh, yeah, I want to talk about um, VR because uh, I've been playing VR games that aren't out yet, and I'm extremely excited to tell you guys that there's some pretty significant stuff coming uh, that I think it, it's coming this year as well um, that I think uh, everybody should clear some time in their calendar to play because they're not just good VR games. They're, they appear to, at least from what I've played, again, I'm, I haven't reviewed... Uh, any of these games yet, but I'm going to be reviewing at least one of them, possibly uh, two or three of them. Um, there are some games coming that I think are seriously impressive uh, games. Um, the first one I want to talk PSVR about is VR two, right, Travis? Not on PSVR two. In fact, none of these titles are available <laughs> on that platform, which is part of the fun. Um, but uh, yeah, if you have a PSVR two, sorry, your platform is still bad. But um, the uh, the MetaQuest three has sort of reignited a lot of interest uh, in developers in uh, making some cool experiences for that platform. Today, I can only really talk about one of them, uh, which is Assassin's Creed Nexus. Um, if you don't know what this game is, it is a full Assassin's Creed game made entirely in VR. And when I say a full Assassin's Creed game, I mean like literally a whole Assassin's Creed game. Like Valhalla it's or Mirage? Valhalla or Mirage. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was uh, saying question, Dan. Well, I... Mm, that's an interesting question. So uh, you play the game as three Assassin's Creed characters, Ezio from Assassin's Creed 2, Connor from Assassin's Creed 3, and Cassandra from Odyssey. So in a way, it kind of includes both worlds it, it, like in terms of RPG, but I will say the gameplay is much more reminiscent of Assassin's Creed 2 and 3. Basically think of... So the demo I played was like a, a, a few hours inside the Ezio storyline. And every part of what you would expect to play in Assassin's Creed 2 as Ezio is, is represented in VR. There's climbing up walls and parkouring across uh, surfaces and rooftops. There's Like combat. effectively? Yes, effectively. Because the way it works in the game is if you're, if you're running across like uh, different platforms, right? You're not like actually jumping in real life to get from each thing. What you do is you uh you hold down the a button just like you would do in the video game you press forward and then your character leaps from thing to thing and then when you want to change your direction you just change your head so if you're like trying to turn a corner or swing on something you turn your head and your character will start moving in that direction and so it feels yeah it's like really like organic in terms of like your pointer is your face and the way you're looking and then your character's taking care of all the footwork but when you're climbing, you're actually climbing. So you're having to find like things to grapple onto. And that moment where, you know, you're dangling and there's a 
there's like an overhang, but it goes past you. And in the games, they do that really scary thing where they push off the wall and they grab onto it before they fall. Oh, you have to yeah, do yeah. that in the game. You have to like actually push off and grab onto it. And if you miss the the window, your character will fall back. Um, so they do that cool stuff. The climbing is good in like every VR game. And so they just, they take best practices from like the climb two and some, you know, other games that do, that do it well. And they put it in this one. And then um, the uh, combat, uh there's there's combat in it where you can you know use in sword you get a crossbow you can throw daggers uh if you're in stealth and that sort of thing and then uh you also can do assassinations where if you break somebody's guard you can go in with the the wrist wrist blade and do a quick assassination you yell and then what's that you yell thwip uh you uh you you hit the button on the on on your wrist and it makes the blade come out and then you can just jab with it and get a kill uh, but it only works if their guards down because otherwise it's a one hit kill you know it'd be a little cheap um hey and travis then, uh, uh, x off grid asks when this releases this comes out uh in early november the first or second week of november so it's like pretty soon it's on the meta quest 3 is what it was developed for but i think it also works on the quest 2 um and uh the the, it also has stealth. So it has like your, there was one section where you're trail, you're tailing a guy, right? And you hit just that thing where he's really suspicious looking over and you have to be careful with what you do. And you, you know, there's like a part where I was sneaking around on the side of the wall and another part where you can do the, uh, the social uh, stealth where you like get into a crowd and you blend in, uh, which is super funny because you're like standing in a circle of dudes and they're all like looking at you. And so I would do what anyone would do. And I just start talking to them in real life. I'm like, Hey guys, what are you doing? Converse, yeah. yeah. The, the price of uh, tomatoes is crazy. Am I right? You know, you get to kind <laughs> of like, it's a lot more, you know, involved when you're actually standing in a group of random people that are all gesticulating randomly. Um, which is I have cool. to believe you're using a terrible Italian accent for this. Of course. Like, yeah. And I was, by the way, I was surrounded by Ubisoft employees watching me do this. And they were just like, this guy's unhinged. Like he's like talking to our NPCs <laughs> in the game. I was like, Hey guys, how are we doing? You know, they're like, what is he? <laughs> Why is he yeah. moving his hands so much? It's yeah, crazy. exactly. Yeah. Did they have um, a sign that said hashtag bloat goat? <laughs> hashtag bloat goat. Yeah. The bloat goats at Ubisoft. You're at it again. Um, it also has a cool storyline where um, you're uh, somebody out of Sturgo. And so when you put on the headset, you're stepping into the animus, you know, you're like getting your assignment and then it's like, all right, time to enter the animus. So you put on the headset, um, which is pretty cool. Um, so yeah, I, I think this game is going to be good. Uh, I only put a couple hours, so it remains to be seen, but just based on what I saw, like it appears to be a full Assassin's Creed game. It all the parts, stealth combat, parkour and climbing are represented in stealth and seem to be uh competent and so i'm very excited to play more more of this i will most likely be reviewing it for ign um and i'm excited to um yeah i'm excited to to uh, play more of it um i'm also uh going to be covering some other games uh they're embargoed but i think i can tell you guys i've played asgard's wrath 2 and if you're familiar with asgard's wrath from uh the OG meta quest. I guess technically not the quest. It was just on, it was just an old VR game. You had to be plugged into a PC to play it. So a lot of people didn't play it for that reason. Um, but uh, Asgard's Wrath 2 appears to be a full open world 60 plus hour RPG with companions and mounts and all the things, loot game and all the things you'd expect it to be in an open world RPG uh, in VR. 
And uh, that's all I can say about it right now. But uh, I will have a preview of it this week because I've played a lot of it. And um, I'm hoping that I get a chance to review that one too because that game is crazy and I have to see uh, how it turns out. Um, but yeah, that is uh, uh, some VR stuff I can talk about. I can't talk about one of the other games uh, I played. But yeah, I, uh, I've been doing that and I'm super excited about it. And I also want to uh, tell you guys that... Um, tomorrow tuesday tuesday uh lord of the rings return to moria comes out and uh, i'm allowed to talk about it tomorrow but i am reviewing that game they gave us codes super late i got it on friday evening and so i will most likely have a review in progress tomorrow but i have been playing a lot of that game and i have thoughts uh that i'm excited to share with you guys but yeah i'm sort of living in the future right now like i'm trying to keep up on wonder and uh, some of the other stuff but i'm playing a lot of stuff that's coming out in november december uh, and I'm very excited for it. And this year isn't over, I guess is what I'm here to announce. Cause I kind of thought it was over. Like I got 19 reviews this year and I kind of thought I was never going to get to my record last year of 25. But now that I've seen the calendar and gotten some of my assignments for, uh, the rest of October, November, December, there's still a ton. And some of these games are <laughs> huge. Like Asgard's wrath two is going to be enormous. And it comes out in December. Assassin's Creed Nexus might end up being like a really good VR game is coming out next month. So, um, like it's crazy how the hits keep on coming this year, but uh, yeah, I, I'm uh, I've got a lot more stuff to to cover, and I want to tell everyone here, uh, if you have been sleeping on VR like me, because there really hasn't been a ton of good stuff. There was like a Walking Dead game after I still uh, love Synapse. Alex. Synapse is Synapse, great, yeah, uh, but there there hasn't been a ton of VR movement after Half Life Alex set an enormously amazing bar, and it kind of feels like some of those projects. Post, that probably started post half-life alex are finally coming to fruition and you can tell that they learned from that game because some of these vr games are like legit like very cool so i'm very excited to uh to play more of it and i wish i could talk to you guys about asgard's wrath but i will talk to you about it next sunday and i have a lot to say so, i will see if i get to wake play up. those yeah someday if they come into one of my vr headsets you don't have a meta quest i do not have a meta quest 3 uh, yeah, I had a MetaQuest 2. Uh, I basically let it languish when Facebook started asking me for account information. I know they changed some of that stuff up later. Yeah. Uh, but I I haven't turned it on since. And yeah. I didn't even know there was a MetaQuest 3 until you mentioned it two weeks ago, I think. I, I also feel gross about it being a Facebook product, but I will say they did change some of the <laughs> creepy, like we want to know your info stuff. And the MetaQuest 3 also comes bundled with asgard's wrath 2 if you buy it uh, until january and so if you're interested at all in playing a massive open world rpg like the the price of entry for meta quest 3 is well worth it and the fact that it comes with their big flagship game that's coming out this year um, what are those is, run now crazy. travis it's not been a terribly uh, lucrative year for me yeah i think the uh the lower end ones are like slightly more the meta quest 2 is 299 so this is probably like three or two 349 like probably 350 at the low end i bought like the stupid expensive 500 dollar yeah. one but uh yeah the uh I, th I think i think they have a pretty a pretty uh reasonable uh entry point for, for I that take a look stuff. yeah so some cool stuff still coming this year like i'm a surprising amount of like pretty cool games are coming this year i mean so. alan wake 2 is still like within a week yeah right? that's one week, week away 
We've it's got Bluey in November. There's a Bluey video game. I mean, it's a it's a party at Hogue House. <laughs> what the yeah. hell is Bluey? I keep seeing people I'm talking. Sorry, is it? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm it's a cartoon it. healer dog with an Australian accent. Naturally, yeah, it makes sense. Oh my god. Okay, the me- yeah. Dell is saying the MetaQuest Three is more expensive than I thought it was. Apparently, it is five hundred dollars. I did not know yeah. that. Okay, Bluey. Yeah. Four ninety nine. <laughs> Dang, Bluey. And that's your next Bluey. game after Bang on Balls. Bluey to Bluey. Bluey. Alan Wake yeah. to Bluey, and then Avatar: Frontiers of Pandora. I know are on my list. So yeah, I yeah. I so when's the cutoff for Game of the Year? Like, is it for late uh, October, early November? I mean, I don't have like, a cutoff for Game. I know we don't. For the game, it's actually, it's actually the November. beginning of the second week in November. Yeah, yeah. It's early. So Assassin's Creed Nexus will make it. No, it won't. I think it's November 17 or something. I mean, I don't know that that's really a concern for them. <laughs> yeah. but, get- is there not a VR category yet? That's crazy. If there no, I don't think so. Wow. I don't know. Be. I don't know. They'll probably do um, it like VR and mobile. You know how they like group together all the stuff they don't care <laughs> yeah. about? Probably like that. It'll be VR, um, VR or mobile, mobile sports game. and racing. Yes. VR sports and racing and mobile game. Best game. <laughs> Best live service VR yeah, three categories. In our house, Dan, yeah. So, is, is Bluey a like a kid show? I'm just like totally. Bluey confused. is ostensibly for preschoolers, but it's the best cartoon heard of it. in that in that genre in yeah. a long, long time. Highly recommended. My, my kids are all grown. Yeah. I mean, okay. Well, don't just kids. sit by yourself and watch Bluey. I'm just saying that it's a good okay, show. Just, that's <laughs> yeah. not something I should do. Is what you're saying? Like this is like your warning. Like it's probably really good, but don't do it. Yeah, I'm just don't advertise it. You're you're on you know your social media. I'm sitting down to watch a few Blueys in a row. I mean, Bluey Bluey cartoons are only like seven minutes long, so you can watch a number. Like a Bronies thing, where a whole bunch of uh, adult men really (laughs) get Bluey. They'll they'll call themselves Blue Blue. Kind of taking away that you know that little mystique that it's got here, Travis. It's Blueys. It's getting gross. Look, dude, Blueys. Yeah, there you go. I'm just I'm making my way through the crevice. That's all. <laughs> Bluey's fantastic. Your name rhymes with it. All right. <laughs> Go get him, Bluey. Go get him, Bluey. Um, yeah, I was going to talk a little more about Lords of the Fallen. We can save that. Um, for next oh, week. yeah. I need, I need to get further well, in it anyway. Um, I'm a little further than last week, but only a few hours. So. I have, I'm, I'm, I got, uh, so I played it in between reviews. I had some time, so I replayed it on Xbox and I met the final boss and I got one of the alternate endings almost to end. So, cool. um, yeah, I made, I made a lot of progress in that. I'm probably going to finish that up between reviews and then we can talk about it here. I know I missed yeah. the big day. We were supposed to talk about it as the main topic, but yeah, yeah. I know. I know. I, uh, I really like it. Really, really like it. Um, good. So eight out of yeah. 10 IGN. <laughs> and then of course, uh, you know, that we, it's funny because none of us are really hardcore players of it. I know, but the biggest game of the year as usual will be modern warfare three, um, which is coming out here in a few weeks. They had the open beta and everything. Uh, I just wanted to call out that Phil Spencer was on the Xbox podcast, the official kind of Xbox podcast. I watched interview. It. Yeah. About Activision Blizzard. Right. And they asked him some of the obvious um, things that we talked about last week, Travis, you missed it, but we were talking about like what to expect now that the deal is finally closed. And one of the what things we said last week, expecting game pass games, pretty much. Yeah. And what we said last week is, you know, there, 
don't expect a whole lot. Like expect them to talk about some things for several months, but generally speaking, don't expect much here in 2023 or into early 2024. Uh, so I was glad to hear, you know, we were pretty on point on that. Um, so he mentioned pretty much that the three main bullets that Phil mentioned is that they're going to move away from call of duty, having any kind of exclusive stuff. It's going to have parody on all platforms. So like, you know, today there's like, Call of Duty gets exclusive skins because they pay for the marketing or PlayStation gets exclusive skins because they pay for the marketing deal and they get like a early beta and stuff like that. He said all that's going to go away. Uh, every platform will have parity, get same stuff, same time. Um, he said, don't expect Activision Blizzard games and Game Pass right away like some other places were reporting. Um, so he said it's going to take a little time. Um, but, you know, obviously that's that's on deck, right? Um, one thing I did say they did, if you missed it, by the way, we forgot to mention this, is that Diablo 4 has 10 hours of free play on Xbox this this weekend. So if you are like haven't played Diablo 4 and you want to try it, you can try it for free for 10 hours. And then um, he also commented and said, you know, obviously he knows, the team knows that Activision Blizzard has a ton of IP, right, that they now own under their umbrella. And there's a lot of requests for certain games to come back. Um, he said his goal is to speak to all the teams. He was at King this week, I believe, and a few of the other studios, but he wants to see what like those studios have a passion for, basically. So he said, you know, he would much rather take the approach of seeing what the teams want to work on, um, you know, and, and take it from there. So as we kind of said last last week, it's going to be some time. And, you know, people who are thinking they're going to get announcements for new games and everything in Game Pass next week, you're way ahead of yourself. Um, it's going to be a while. So, but it's a good interview. If you didn't, um, if you haven't listened to it, listen to it. It's always good to hear pretty candidly from him. And it was a good length. I want to say 25 minutes, something like that. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, it was good. Mm, was good. Uh, let's get this last super chat. We missed this one actually. Um, from ah, Lao Halo. <laughs> Shimazaki. Is that how you say it? Yep. 500, 500 yen. yen awesome seeing yen dude i don't know the last time we saw yen on a super chat and that's cool it's been a while i've been having uh lots of fun with halo i just wish xbox had more presence here in japan you that's and sense. phil spencer yeah. <laughs> that's sure. awesome Lau. i'm glad you're hanging out with us man from japan that's fantastic thank you for the super chat yeah it's i mean that's obviously been a an xbox thing for a very long time right like i know there's a dedicated xbox community in japan that's just very small <laughs> You know what I mean? And they always kind of wish there was a bigger presence there, but um, we'll see. I mean, we always hope that expands, but they cool did get to... their first Japanese studio. Yeah, they have Tango. Tango, now. Tango. Yeah, so, so. kind of a big deal. Actually, um, I, all... think, uh, I think Activision also has one, so they might actually have two now. I need to check. Uh, yeah, I don't know the full list of Activision studios off the top of my head. I think um, Activision does have a Japanese studio. Yeah. Shame that Shinji left, though, Mikami from Tango, but regardless. Um, they're in good uh, hands coming off yeah, for uh, sure coming off of sure. uh, hi-fi rush i think they're in good hands yeah also i love to see uh uh you playing halo representing for us over in japan there let's get that halo presence out there appreciate it thank you Lau. good to hear from you appreciate the super He's the chat. best halo player in japan hey he might well be we don't know mm -hmm. um and then shush uh, member comment uh space marine uh two is 2023 but no actual date that game looks yeah. awesome, by the way. That, that, that means might be, it's 2024. Yeah. 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 I do agree. It's probably true. Yeah, but it looks great. I'm super excited about that game. It looks like a big Gears of War Warhammer game, which looks cool. Yakuza's so. coming out here in a couple of weeks, I think. What is? I'm like sorry? A, Yakuza. Yakuza. Like a dragon. Uh, the, 
Gaiden, okay? I always yeah. cuz there's or so the many man different who, variations. The man who has no name or some whatever the hell they call yes. it. Yes. This is yes. the second Yakuza this is, game this, this is, year. This is this is between no yeah, cuz Ishin came out, I guess. Cuz yeah, Ishin, Ishin came yeah. out this year. Yeah. Yeah, it's they're they pump them out, dude. Yeah. And Ishin's on Game Pass now by the way, too. We'll play Ishin. It's good. Yakuza yeah. Mirage. Oh my god. <laughs> wow, but most words. importantly, yeah. right? That comes with the infinite wealth demo. So yes, it does. That's that's why I'll that's, be picking that one up. I'll be picking it up because Kiru is awesome, but and Yakuza is awesome. But he's not as awesome as Ichiban. Wait, is the he man who raced his name Kiryu? Boy. I mean, yeah. is that is that a reference yeah. to Kiryu? That's mm-hmm. him. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Keep up so, with the complex story. This, this, this of is what Yakuza. happens between Come on. Hope. Between uh I know he faked his death. Sorry, but I mean, I don't. I mean, that that was like that was like ten years ago, man. I know. (laughs) Yeah, so that's not a spoiler. I know. Yeah, he's 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 still catching up, Dan. You know it better than me, Hogue. So don't feel bad. This is between six and uh, like a dragon. So this is what happened between this and the other game. It is an important connective tissue. Yes. Yeah. Between six and like a dragon. Okay. I'm just looking give, forward to like a dragon. It does too. give you a little bit of a spoiler about what happens in like a dragon though. So if you haven't finished like a dragon, maybe don't yeah, play tough shit. Because... I mean, after a year, I think spoilers are off the table, so I don't really care. <laughs> you know, so just so Whoa. you know, if you ever tune into oh, this show, I might say aggressive. something. I'm going to be like, hey, and then you're like, why are you spoiling it? I'm like, listen, you had a year to play it. Uh, right. Kizawa is not dead. There you yeah, go. You heard it here first, folks. That's right. Exactly. All right. Yep. Um, so we, let, next week, right boys, there. we get uh, we get Alan Wake two. The uh, the hype about it is very high. I know Hoag's pumped. We're all pumped, but uh, supposed to be incredible. So I'm very excited to see someone earlier. By the way, as we were talking about storytelling in Spider Man, um, someone mentioned Alan Wake two and said, you know, we'll see in terms of storytelling um, if Remedy has their you know their chops up on that one. I so. think Remedy's one of my favorites. I mean, I, assuming that they're on pace with what they did with Max Payne and, and Alan Wake, it should be fantastic. I would prefer it to not be the storytelling of Control, but a lot of people like it. <laughs> I that. knew that was coming. I knew that was coming. Um, by the way, let's do our quick check-in before Alan Wake 2 gets here on our Game of the Year awards bet. So, yes, with all the awards as of right this second, Ains. With this Spider-Man is, 2 it, behind this, us. This, this list feels so outdated now. All it of sure does. That's why we terrible. did it early, though. We yeah. knew it would be. So we all, just a reminder, all four of us have Tears of the Kingdom. All yeah. four of us have Starfield. Yeah, that was a um, mistake huge like. mistake. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Those well, are Tears the only of the two. was a good idea, but Starfield, I don't think so. And yeah. uh, Baldur's Gate, I think I put on mine, so I'm feeling pretty good. You know what we should do? Well, Take well, Starfield and just throw it out, and then everybody pick a new one. You know, and then or Starfield is going to be nominated for Game of the Year, so I'm not I, taking it out. You I think it think might so? be, yeah. I think it might you really be. Really think it will be? It really oh, depends. Yeah. Are they going to stick with six? If they stick with six, I don't think Starfield deserves a spot. But if they nominate yeah, I guess, like twelve, I could see that this yeah, year. I could see, see them. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. So Spider Man Two, and obviously you guys are still playing through it, but it's a what ninety one? Ninety one? Is that right? On, on like Meta, Open Critic, whatever. Yeah. Um, so Travis, you're the only one who does not. Have Spider Man 2. I stand by that. Okay. All right. So now I got to hope that Spider Man 2 is on there because I'm the only one that doesn't have Baldur's Gate 3, which is a huge mistake. Yeah, huge miss. You know, you're getting that one wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't think you remember Jeff Keighley. This is his show, right? I mean, I know, I know, but I know, I know. 
Trust but me. I just can't. I I think I think. But here's the thing: Jeff Keeley isn't the one choosing. It's a panel, and I don't know if that panel. I mean, they're positive on it. I just there's too many other games. I don't know if it's okay. gonna. <laughs> I just keep looking at. I think that I've said this before. I think Dan's safe. Although Dan and I, I'm sorry, it's hard. The way I wrote this is weird. Dan and I both have Final Fantasy 16. I don't think that's going to make it. Uh, Hogue and Travis do not. But Hogue and Travis both have a random indie game, which I don't yeah. know if we'll make it, which is Dave the Diver and Sea of Stars. Yep, Stars yep, yep. But honestly, the fact that I have two games I know are going to be on that list and you only have one. That's that's why I think you're screwed. Because <laughs> I, I have two games I know the, are going to be on the list. The only thing, though, is I have Diablo 4, which I still think is going to be on the list. I think I think there's a better chance now than there was. But I honestly, the panel that's voting, if if it's on the list, you can thank Ryan McCaffrey. Because I know he nominates, and he that's his game of the year right now. So, <laughs> yeah. All right, go no. McCaffrey. Do I have that one, too? Uh, uh, are you the only one with Wonder? None of us have Wonder. I have that. Yeah, screwed that one. I got Tears no. of the Kingdom and Baldur's Gate, so I'm feeling all of our lists are going to be so bad. The winner's going to have like three <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, none of us have Wonder. Um, Diablo Four. Then surprised if Tears got swapped out for Wonder at the end of the day in terms of voting blocks. I don't think so. Yeah, like, I don't know. And and Travis is the only one without Diablo Four because you went with Star Wars. Yeah, and I actually that stand by that. Thing. I think Star. Yeah. I think Star Wars has a better chance of getting nominated. Doesn't Travis Diablo. have Street Fighter on his? I yes. do. Yeah, I, 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 I honestly, I told you this before, Travis. The more the year goes on, the more I'm feeling more comfortable. Even though I don't have Baldur's Gate three, which you is a lock. Read your Baldur's list. Gate three is a lock. Read your list. Your list is rough, dude. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> but but you have Star Wars, Street Fighter six, and Dave the Diver, all of which I don't think are going to be on there. I think Star Wars will get on there. No, there's no way. I think it has a better chance than Diablo 4, and you only have one game you know is going to be on the list. One game. Yeah. Balder, I mean, (laughs) Baldur's Gate 3 is an absolute lock. We know. Yeah, dude. I'm just saying, if 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 I'm not going to get the I'm not going to get last place. Like, I'm very confident of that. I I think Tears of the Kingdom and Baldur's Gate 3 are locks. Like, if I had to put money on anything, I think there's two games. So I've got two locks. And you have won, so I'm still feeling pretty good. <laughs> you, know, you, know you know what's <laughs> hilarious what about this? It's going to be like I'm, all of us get like one or two right, and then the the loser is going to be the one guy who just didn't, you know. Well, oh shit, we we said what our tiebreaker was, and I forget what it was now. What was it? We had a no, tiebreaker. It, it was a hollow night. You could, if it come, gets announced, we could swap it out. That was a. Oh no, the no, tiebreaker. We, so we, we, we never decided. Who had finished? Who had rolled credits on the most games that got nominated? That was no. Tiebreaker. That's not what it was. Yeah, that's what I Hogan, think it might have been. Yeah, that's what we mine did. was actually that tiebreaker should be that you had the game of the year winner on your list, but oh, oh I think that's what it was. Yeah, but oh, that well, means I'm, I'm going to lose too. Better. Yeah, <laughs> dude, I'm feeling even better. It's going to be Baldur's Gate three. No, but chance, you know, this, this whole thing actually started as you know a way to get me to play Oxen Free two, and now yeah. I'm like the one that's probably least worried about it because yeah, yeah I think I, honestly, if I look at this list, Dan's I think Dan's the in the best list. shape. Dan's, yeah, Dan's the best I didn't, yeah. I didn't pick and here's the thing this is when heart. i first joined the show i was like why is dan on the show like he's just like this like random ass dude but the longer yeah. i've known dan <laughs> look i'm being honest he's this random ass being honest. look i look i see some people in the comments have that reaction to dan too they're like dude he doesn't like talk that much he only plays like no. two games why is dan on the show the longer i've gotten to know dan the more i've seen his value because he is 
the every gamer. He's like talking to him is like a window into like 90% of the people who play games. And that is <laughs> so valuable to have that. So like d- the reason Dan's list is higher is seems better is because the dude has an affinity for the average player. That's my damn compliment of the day. Yeah, and it was a bad kind of compliment at the beginning there. I'm sorry. You can't make what you're Hey, Dan, it's fantastic. Terrible idea. The companies would pay a fortune to have Dan. Yeah, he's a company. he's a focus group. <laughs> he himself, he could do the focus group. Absolutely. Sure. I really need to get into that. Yeah. Uh, hashtag Dan Stan. Dan Stan. <laughs> you got that two hashtags hashtag off today. Dan I'm Stan and Bloat Goat. Bloat Goat. There's no confuse Dan Stan with Bloat Goat. all right uh i the more the year goes on the more i look at resident evil 4 on my list and the more i want to (laughs) cry oh dude you're so screwed on that one no way dude why did i choose that over Baldur's gate 3 i mean i I put street fighter 5 i was living in the moment i don't know why i did that yeah well and i let the resident evil 2 nomination kind of blind me you know none of us put hogwarts legacy which there's not a chance in the I world. I don't think it gets nominated only because of the year awards. Yeah, yeah, because of the politics. No. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. It's it would it's definitely gonna be on my list as my favorite games of the year, though, for sure. Like top I think, 10. Yeah, like Remnant 2 was the one that I wouldn't put on anybody. I wouldn't put on a list if I were a betting man, but it'll be on mine. Yeah. 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 Fair enough. All right. Well, that's that's <laughs> it'll be fun. We're not that far away. We've been talking about it for months now, but we're only what five weeks away. From the show, yeah, just announced, so. just had some kind of announcement on. Well, the the I think the nominees are going to come yeah. out real soon, right? Yeah, the nominees I think are up in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, so yep. I it's and none of us have Alan Wake too. Um, so you know Alan Wake two could come in right at the right time. And let's remember, Keeley is a huge fan of Remedy. Um, you know there may be it's and people have been waiting for this game for ten however many years it's been. Hope you may know better than me. Thirteen. Um, if this game comes out and hits it on all fronts, it's almost a lock to be on the game of the year list. I, if so. I had, if I had my druthers, I'd swap Alan Wake two in for Spider-Man right now. I would I, swap out any, <laughs> most of the games. I would just keep tears of the kingdom and, and Baldur's Gate three and completely reorganize the picks. I don't know how Spider-Man two doesn't get nominated. Just given the environment of what we're talking about here, like it wouldn't I be on my it, list, I, but I get it Ames, but I, yeah. I, I don't know the people yeah. who nominate. Yeah, that's why Starfield oh, yeah. and Spider-Man are on my list. Is I think that they're the representatives of those console blocks. Right. Yeah, exactly. But, but those aren't the people that nominate. Uh, sure. <laughs> what they are? not Look, I, I'm not going to get into the politics of journalistic credence on console stuff, but I think the console hmm. blocks exist in less vitriolic form at most of the outlets. I don't know what that word meaning. Is. I don't know. I, no, I know. I know what he's saying. Because Travis, you're right. Like those aren't the people nominating. But if you look at the Game Awards nominees in the past since the show began, it's representative of those console blocks. I think it's just representative of the games people liked. <laughs> but I mean, okay. you could you could claim to know the reason, but I don't think that the the people nominating it are. They might have different areas. My biggest problem with the way nominations work is you only get the games only get nominated if you if the people on the panel happen to have played that game. It's not comprehensive. It's not like all inclusive of like every game. That's like the big problem with it. But I don't think there's a problem with like, oh, you know, the person on the 
PlayStation outlet or who happens to only play PlayStation games nominated a bunch of PlayStation games. I don't I don't think that's that's happening. No, I don't. I'm not saying it's like, you know, console warrior aligned. I'm just saying that those games have weight to them. That's all. Yeah, it, it, I will give you that. The games that uh, that had more people play them get nominated at a higher volume because that's how it works. And yeah, so it, it does have like a lowest common denominator who, how many people played this game and it's probably going to win if it were more popular. That is certainly true, but I don't think it has anything yeah. to do with console preference. It's just accessibility. And like, that's why Half-Life Alex got nominated for like zero awards because nobody played it. And that's not because they hate Valve or Steam. It's because it wasn't a very accessible sure. game. And yeah. if a game is only available on, steam or whatever it's going to have a, a smaller audience base and probably not win any awards um yeah that's yeah fair enough fair enough all right that'll go ahead and wrap us up for this week uh, as we said we got alan two next week alan wake two excuse me uh i know we're all super excited for that so we'll talk a lot about that next week uh check out our super mario wonder review from elo it's up on the site right now um definitely check that out also, uh, if you're interested in Forza and interested in online racing with us, we're doing Rivals events. Uh, so we have Season Gaming Club, and we're putting up like Rivals challenges that you can just race at when you want to. Uh, the great things about Rivals, right? It's not full-on multiplayer. You don't have to join with a bunch of people. You can just set track times whenever you're convenient uh, and compete with it one another just for fun. So those are out there as well. Um, Hogue, what you got happening, man? So I did a couple of interviews this last week. We talked about my interview with Alex, which is on his channel. I also did a yes. long form interview with Moore's Law is Dead, which is a tech specialist YouTube channel. And they have a podcast called Broken Silicon. So you can check those out. They're also on the playlist that I keep on my channel called Essentially Hoglaw Crossovers. You can check those out there or elsewhere. They'll all lead to the channel of the people that made the videos. Um, but I'm on for like five hours on those. So if you're interested in hearing from me, God help you, but I'm there. You could check those out. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm going to be doing more virtual legalities and hangouts and headlines on my channel this coming week. So you can check us out at Hoglot YouTube, or you can follow me and my Michigan Wolverine tweets on X or Twitter at Hoglaw. Wolverine. Is that where we can also find your hatred of PlayStation or is that somewhere else? I don't have any ill will towards PlayStation. <laughs> I just w wanted to have a more resonant experience with Spider-Man 2. It's really his hate of triangles. He doesn't like shapes. This is probably yeah. yeah. Well, that's, yes, I mean, that seems true. to be Bungie's problem, right? They have all sorts of issues with shapes. <laughs> well, they're just trying to find the final one. Mm. Well played, sir. I don't even want to give you that one, but I will. Yeah, don't even let him, you know, outro himself. That was the <laughs> And we're done. Go. Uh, we're we're done. You, you're while we hand this over to Travis, I'm going to go ahead and have another delicious uh, pumpkin malo cream here. So when you say uh, delicious, do you mean disgusting? candy corn. That's a pumpkin. Uh, yeah, th you, this is where candy corn ascends towards. Okay, yeah. so you you it's don't even, you won't even eat real candy corn. You have to get just, a variation of it. Candy corn. It's just these are the pinnacle. Wow. Yeah. This, is, this guy's a flip flopper. <laughs> um. Uh. Yeah. So. Uh. You can. Um. Uh, my last review is Lords of the Fallen. So if you haven't read that, check it out. But this week I've been working on stuff that isn't released yet. So the only thing new that you can watch is uh or read is Assassin's Creed Nexus preview. Uh, and then I've got a whole bunch of stuff coming out next week and I'm working on the uh, um, return to Moria review, which I'll have a review in progress tomorrow. I hope um, live at some point. And, and 
yeah, unfortunately, I'm not going to have a full review before um, the game comes out because they didn't give us codes super in a super timely manner. Um, nice. And then I've got a whole bunch of other reviews coming up this year. I'm probably going to review the Dead Island 2 DLC. Uh, probably oh, yeah. going to review That's Assassin's November, Creed right? Nexus. Yeah, November. Yeah. Uh, maybe maybe um, the uh, Asgard's Wrath 2. And yeah, I got a bunch of cool projects. Yeah. I'm working on a I'm sleeper sure. favorite game experiences of the year list. Uh, Dead Island 2, I love. You know definitely what? Not, yeah, definitely not GOTY material, but like I love that game and I've come back to it a number of times. It's a good game. I'm excited to see lot. what the expansion is. Yeah. yeah, I had a lot of fun with it. I was just going to say, going back to the question we started the show with around one change to a game that would have, uh, you know, elevated a game for you. For me, Dead Island 2 would have been if it was open world. I don't like the segmented small levels. Yeah, interesting. But, um, but anyway. Yeah, it'd be interesting to go back and go over all the games that like, would have had a shot at game of the year any other year <laughs> you know 2019 that, the, the one gone. change is move your release date right yeah move your release <laughs> yeah, date exactly. to a different year um okay. but yeah uh that's me um thanks for thanks for having me guys <laughs> thanks for sure. joining us this week yeah, yeah. appreciate the effort <laughs> <laughs> it is hard to get okay. out of bed at seven o'clock trust me it's not easy um <laughs> chat You've been always, uh, awesome as always. Thank you as always. Uh, cheers to all of you who hang out with us and contribute to the show and uh, check in with us every week, leaving us comments. Lots of people who, um, you know, watch and leave a comment on both channels as well, you know, for engagement and help with that. So thank you as always. Just want to continue to shout that out. Really appreciate it. Uh, enjoy your games this week. There are plenty of things to enjoy no matter what you like. Go enjoy them. Have fun. We'll talk Alan Wake 2 next week and uh, among other things. Until then.